0: What do you mean by that, Steve? What do you mean by that?
1: Wasn't the swim team called the Baiters? What? Uh, yeah, the I thought baiters, you were just like referring Master of baters baters I thought you were talking
0: about a masturbation joke. like Brent
1: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that they named the swim team the Baders for the McMaster swim team.
0: Oh, I don't know. I never knew any of the swimmers, but that's okay because there's geeks with kids, and so we don't need to talk hey, about that shit. No, <laughs> the unless that's
2: his thing tonight.
0: <laughs> it could be the niche. That would be very very fine random sports 200 episodes
3: what a what a perfect intro for episode 200
0: episode 200 what a fucking crazy road this has been Um, that's amazing we've actually done more than 200 episodes that's just our main episode count we have other random shit we've had bonus episodes and you know all that random other stuff we've done but you
4: know as far as the sevies are concerned this is our 200th episode it's extra impressive since it's a bi-weekly podcast (laughs)
0: <laughs> well yeah yeah well the last couple of years has been bi-weekly i don't even know how, how how long has that been like two or three years oh,
4: now yeah because we started yeah this was way before like you started this with you know two other people who have kind of gone your separate ways and yeah, that yeah. and started bringing all of us in to fill the, the gaps and it's been at least <laughs> it's been at least four <laughs> saw, yeah, years i'd a say a lot of
0: gaps we made it there's a lot of yeah so <laughs> there was a couple years we we're off we'd be on way more episodes um, like we went from weekly to bi weekly to back to weekly, back to bi weekly. And I'm fine with bi weekly because as a parent, I'm tired. Marcus knows he's going to know <laughs> yeah. what a double E. So soon, soon enough. Very
3: soon. soon Look how tired ready. he is already. It's been bi weekly since I joined in 2019. And I can't believe it's, I've been on this podcast for three years.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: I've been bi weekly <laughs> ever since I experimented in college
0: congratulations
2: oh, yeah. eric i think brent also marcus <laughs> <laughs> for different reasons <laughs>
0: yeah yeah i'm, I'm sure why, why i'm it's only
2: about i'm only like 40 deep i'm only about 40 in now
0: oh goodness um i think we can we can probably do a what's good because we're talking about ne- not niche things but you know some stuff that uh we that, that really nobody's prepared
3: that. a what's good. You want us to do a what's no, good, I'm you yeah, set I a test. I play it. Okay, do it. Go, Dave. What's good? Oh, I'm learning Damn Excel? It. What? I don't know. Uh, fuck. Uh, I had Doritos today. I don't know what... Uh, These are all good things. I'm, I'm going I'm, on a hike on Wednesday. I got a I'm, test tomorrow. I don't know what the
0: fuck. The test not a good thing.
3: Yeah, Um. Not good. Uh. good. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We moved yeah, our D and D game
0: to Wednesdays. That's
3: good, right? And is that good? It's just that's normal. It's just yeah. moving the D and D game. Is <laughs> We're, normal. Playing D&D again, <laughs> We're playing D and D again, D&D nice. again. That
4: is uh, good. Yeah. That's nice. That's uh, I got one. That's
0: okay, uh, Hawk, go for it.
4: A uh, little show I uh, picked up on called "The Patient," uh, stars Steve Carell oh. and, and oh. Domhnall Gleeson. Uh, Steve Carell plays a psychotherapist. Uh, Domhnall Gleeson plays his patient. Um, a hey, Steve Carell wakes up one morning and I had to find himself chained in the guy's basement uh the guy oh shit, the guy reveals to him that he has killed people that he yeah, and he's trying to stop and he needs help to do it and <laughs> this is the only way he he can be honest in therapy with him.
0: That's awesome, I love it. <laughs> I That's like on that. Disney too, right? That's not Disney <laughs>
4: Yeah, it's like a it's an effects series, so you know that all gets lumped together. Oh, it's fuck. Disney is such a weird bag now and that because like you know you're watching like kids programming, you know like intensely Disney kids programming and that versus like you know Prey and like you know the, the old man that the that wow. uh spy series and now like this uh, which is about a psychiatrist and a serial killer
0: this is for canada <laughs> only too because um all, yeah. the, all of that star stuff is not in the states which is you know they don't have it at all hulu no the they states? no star they have they have all the star stuff on hulu yeah they like, keep like, it that that all separate
3: it. like it's not because i just saw steve carell and colbert talking about the show like did it's got to be playing. Something.
6: It looked really like as soon as I saw like the the like uh, posterish I guess thing like or like the the advertisement pops up I was like oh shit that looks really interesting like anytime Steve Carell has a beard I want to watch
4: yeah <laughs> right because you know it's a serious role so. you know it's a serious role if he's got a beard <laughs> and Donald Gleason is great he is a great yeah. actor uh, he, he really so good it. he's so, so good so sidelined in, in those almost Star Wars single-handedly movies. saved uh, Assassin's Creed almost. Nice, and I this what this is one there. of his best roles going you know so far.
2: I watched one of his a... movies recently, which has become one of my favorite movies. Mock me all you want because it's a rom com, but uh, about time. Hmm. About time is that such is... a good fucking movie, it's and he bad. is so fucking good in it. Well, well, that, wait, wait is, that the, is... is that the one
1: with 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 Justin Timberlake and Olivia? No, Fires no, 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 no. That's... no
2: it's a, a rom com. It's like him and um, <laughs> uh, fuck Rachel McAdams. Rachel mm-hmm. McAdams. It's a time travel movie. Shit, it was on my list. His dad is played by Bill Nighy, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, He discovers he has the ability to go back in time, and then he has to weigh how much he wants to live in the past versus oh, don't give it away, don't don't give it away. It was actually on my
1: top. It was on my time loop list. It was in the bottom forty of the the eighty long, really, really, really good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was that's
3: a TV series now as well. I think they made a long form version of it. Yeah, I was...
0: That no, was that, one no I was that's a Time Traveler's Wife that they made into a TV show. Oh, is it the Time... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Sort of similar premises, not really, but... Yeah. Time travel. Margot Robbie's <laughs> first movie.
1: Backwards, that one. What? What? not looping. It's not, it's not it looping. Really? About Time is it's looping. It's, uh, working, yeah. hmm,
0: crazy. The Time, time a, Traveler's Park Wife like, was...
1: Is, is reversed the two different timelines.
0: Oh, crazy. All right.
1: I, I think. I. You know what? I didn't watch. Was that watch? your
0: it's... good? Was that what your good is? Me, sure. I already cool. talked
2: about my good earlier. Tiny Ken, play it. Tiny Ken, it's on Game cool. It's on. <laughs> it was, it was it was on. It was on air. Former... It was on there. It's fantastic.
0: All right, cool. Uh, Marcus.
5: Hey,
6: <laughs>
3: hey,
6: hey, guys. Back, Marcus,
0: Marcus <laughs> is here. That's what's good. What's, yeah,
2: what's
3: nice good?
6: room. I'm, I'm here. That's good. What we up? can hear you and see you. Um, I, that's good. That's always. Yeah. good. Um, I'm not sideways this time. That's. Pretty, I mean, I can. If you, How's that? Nice. Um, my my good is uh, actually this is going to be really stupid and childish, but I'm loving it. I'm rewatching the uh, Boy Meets World series because yeah. I've been listening to their podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. huh? oh, Nothing wrong. wrong with that.
0: No, that's great. No,
6: yeah, but the so, podcast is good but, too. Like, the the funny, yeah, I, like I've I've been enjoying their podcast, and that because of that podcast, it's been like I kind of want to revisit these episodes, so I've started watching them. My son has popped in to watch a few, and he already at like two and a half loves what he's seeing, or at least he's it's grabbed his attention. Um, but really, what's cool is like hearing them in the podcast talk about all the stuff that went, they went through and the the journey with their actors, and like their just how they all arranged to get on the show and how everything happened. But also just hearing about like Bill Daniels, uh, like the way he was behind the set sounds just amazing and shit and then when you actually watch it and you see like what they're talking about it's an entirely different way of seeing the show now and now as an adult and as a parent watching it i don't like it's funny to watch the kids do their little shticks, but all of the stuff that the adults are doing is actually amazing and pretty impressive for that time period even though there's still a lot of sketchy bad 90s kind of stuff but uh really cool experience to rewatch it again neat that's really neat
1: uh-huh. yeah it's it's, yeah. it's it's almost like having uh you know like a live commentary but for like the whole series you know because i mean that's the best part is when like people talk like candidly about their experiences and it always adds to yeah. the show you yeah. know so yeah, yeah. That's and that's yeah, I, I'd
2: I'd that's really check that cool that out. i tried i tried listening to the to the office podcast the one with jenna fisher and uh angela you yeah, no. and it's just they mm-hmm. don't There's talk about any real behind the scenes no, stuff. They, in that well, they just kind of like the, watch the episode and, and chat about it. And I was like, no, I wanted well, I want my, more of like what's happening in this.
6: Yeah, my problem with theirs is like I I started listening to theirs when it first started and I really liked it at first, but then it just became about them talking about themselves and like, yeah. like how they right felt about everything. Yeah. Like they're just like, sure. oh my god, Jenna, I'm doing this. Did you see this thing at this place? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. it's just I kind of to annoying one and loud. Recently,
2: where it was just the two of them talking about what they did on the weekend with each other, and yep. I was like, I don't give that's, a shit. That's like, what <laughs> I mean. Like
6: I, yeah, I, I really like. I know it sounds stupid, but I'm not going to get tired of you telling me that the camera guy like kept falling asleep on this shot or something like yeah, yeah, that's the yeah, kind yeah. of stuff i want to yeah. know about i don't really want to know about your life outside with your friends and your family and stuff like i don't care the, you yeah,
0: know that's not funny. why i'm doing it in <laughs> oh so, uh, there's a podcast with two of the voice actors from avatar the last airbender and they go oh. into the behind the scenes stuff oh of nice, every episode nice. so they keep um i think it's um what's the name rufio that's not his real name, but um, the guy who played Rubio. the guy who played Rubio. I know who you mean. Um, uh, Danny Bos- Bos- Bosco or something like that. And um, the girl that played Toff. Um, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if they're still doing it, but they had a couple Avatar podcasts where they would talk about behind the theme- scenes stuff and talk about voice acting in general. It's really neat. Both yeah, I love cool. stuff
1: like that where they actually are able to provide some insight about like just you know being on a show and like the things you have to go through as opposed to. You know just talking about what they're doing now, like that's a totally yeah. different kind of podcast, right? Like, one is actually like a commentary track and is interesting, and the other is a podcast of you, those years now, which is yeah. not really the same kind of thing. You, you know? should listen to yeah, the
0: podcast, absolutely. um, tie in that guy, Hawk. Have you heard of this? No, out of everyone here, I thought you would have. It's, um, it's uh, it's two of the guys from The Expanse, the writer of The Expanse, and um. What's his name? The engineer on 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 the Rasinante. Oh my God. The engineer? Yeah. Not the engineer. You mean Amos? Amos, yes. Amos. Yeah, West, West, Ch- West Chatham. It's those two. They talk about every episode, but now they've moved on to like other stuff, like the books and like people in the VFX world and stuff that have worked on the show. So fucking That's cool. Awesome. It's such a cool show. There's
3: also I watched a video the podcast. Sunny podcast and it's yeah super funny it's just as funny as the show and every time like they'll do an episode and then they'll like get bored of talking about the show and then they'll do an episode where they don't talk about the show and then they go back to the show so you can kind of just go to every other episode now if you just want to watch them talk <laughs> i about do the like show.
0: listening to them talk because they have a good rapport and they're, 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 they're funny. really
3: funny like they're they're just funny outside of everything
0: yeah well steve what's good my friend
1: uh i don't got too much going on um i just bought like a whole pile of games from steam i hope i can enjoy a few of them a bunch of weird ass shooters so yeah not too much going
3: on that's all did you Hopefully. get uh, Helsing, helsing or rising so no on? i'm gonna what's i'm gonna i have artist? i
1: have so many right now but i have my eye on that one that one is like a it's a rock and roll like yeah. beat shooter and yeah. it looks amazing. There's so many good uh what they call boomer shooters out right now, but I'm trying to be realistic um because I've got a whole bunch of them and I gotta actually get back into the the Disco loop of action I did buy. I did. I did you buy it. You got it. Good yeah. for you. Yes.
0: Good for yeah. you. And you I still did. haven't I finished. Eric, you got Steve. someone to buy that game. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was Steve. Steve was the one I wanted to buy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I finally yeah, well, you got. It. Gave ah. up on me buying it a long time. I know. Ago. I know well, he likes literary prose, and it's written really well. Um, yeah. So.
1: Actually. Yeah. No. No. That's the thing. I, I. I just. I just haven't gone back into gaming properly. So yeah, I look forward to that one. And uh, yeah, I actually bought a couple games specifically for the writing so that one's going to fit right in
3: so. so check back in 10 years folks when yeah. she finally started <laughs> playing Disco. truthfully <laughs> 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 uh, i wouldn't place bets on when i do that's fair that's fair. 10 years is about
2: right You've got a disco Elysium I'm- pool going don't worry what you need I'm to do still waiting for like four weeks from now when i see you randomly streaming stray again
0: <laughs> such a good game.
2: I still haven't played it again. what's um, good? I got a PS4 Pro. I just love seeing you oh, pop yeah. up for like a half hour and then you're oh, oh, gone
1: for months. I am just, uh, I'm just, I'm such a mess. Actually, I, I, I will try to stream this. I bought Terminator Resistance, which is mm-hmm. kind of like a B-grade Terminator like fan service game. So it's not it. like it's not <laughs> the best game, but it is made with love for Terminator, right? <laughs> and they added a they added a mode where you get to be a Terminator. So you see all the shit and it's red, right? Like it's all like the right. And so I'm hurt just my like, oh, can, you know what? Yeah, but you can turn it off. Okay. But I'm gonna yeah, but it, like it scans the guys and identifies like who you're trying to kill. Like so I'm kind of like, you know what? I might well yeah, but specific people. In what year
3: part. is that game from? Like 2007, like 2008. No, 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 no. This
1: one is from Later? like two or three two oh. or three years ago.
3: You can just picture the box art where it's like, be the Terminator.
1: No, no, this <laughs> wasn't the original idea. The original idea is you were a character, uh, which also, I mean, speaking of writing, like they actually do a good job. You're just somebody fighting in the resistance in the future. Like the future war, which you never get to see in anything, right? You actually mm. get to play that, right? Um, and you come across other main characters named characters hmm. uh i haven't gotten that far i was gonna like name the stream when i actually was gonna s- stream it which will probably be in two years um fallout when obs uh, is terminator.
5: fixed.
1: <laughs> yeah well what fallout terminator fallout terminator but it works hmm. it just works
5: Nice
1: because uh, it basically you you search for like junk and you know, like, it's really, it really
4: is, like, Fallout, actually. I <laughs> watched a stream of Terminators one night, actually, and the guy just streamed, like, the entire thing on that. It's, it, it looks really good. I mean, it doesn't, you're not overpowered. It's more of a sneak and play, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, early on. Yeah. Ooh. The gun
1: you got are bullshit, right? Like, you got, like, a, an Uzi. Yeah, no, the Terminators, like, eventually you get to the end of the game, you become overpowered. But at the very beginning, yeah, you've got, like, handguns and Uzis and stuff, and some stuff you can fight. A full-on Terminator? Not really. But yeah, later was, on, you actually start picking up the plasma weapons. Do you it's fight really hunter really killers
0: and license. stuff in there?
1: Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do want
0: to see off. this game. Interesting. Yeah, yeah.
1: I got it was on sale like I guess three yep. weeks ago, and I actually played it for an hour. And uh, we'll see when I. I mean, I it play. looks like most Unreal Four games. It looks pretty good. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a cheapy sort of B grade game. I won't say it's triple A, but I think it's it has a lot of heart because like you could tell the people who made the game like were really into Terminator.
0: Thank you. Like know? you. So, I like it. yeah speaking yeah. of heart um my yum is a tv show called mythic quest i finally finished the second season it's on apple plus it's about a video game development company it's by the creators of it's always sunny in philadelphia I two think I of, of
3: the them charlie day mckelney yeah, yeah yeah two yeah. of them
0: um but it has the same humor the same heart um not the same humor but nice. close to the same humor um <laughs> And Ash, there's a bunch of video game people in it. Like Ashley Birch is in it, who's the voice of Eloy or Aloy from yep. Horizon. Wow. And she's also one of the writers, so she already has behind the scenes, you know, knowledge of the video game industry. And it's phenomenal. Like it's it's so good. I'm glad I finally finished the second one just in in front of like like just before the third season starts in a couple of weeks. Um it is so good. It's it's so good. <laughs> you guys gotta watch nice, it. It's nice. on Apple TV Plus. So if you have Apple TV, it's it's on there.
1: Yeah, I saw posters for that
6: like quite a while ago. So that's good to know. That's a decent show.
1: When we were at Fan Expo,
0: we were I, giving out posters.
6: <laughs> I watched the first couple episodes and then I stopped using Apple TV. So like I could still watch it again, but I haven't gone back to it.
0: Yeah, it's made. I think, yeah, it, it's funny because it's made in collaboration with Ubisoft. So sometimes yeah. the show. Cutscenes from their game Mythic Quest, and it's like, yeah, "Yeah, that's from Assassin's Creed. Oh, that's that's (laughs) Assassin's
1: Creed. That's from from For Honor.
0: Honor. They used a lot of For Honor in that in that show. At least in the first season, they actually ended up using other stuff. Like they, I saw a clip from Horizon Zero Dawn in in like uh, one of the episodes, just at the end of season two. Um, But yeah, it's really cool, and it's and it's surprisingly emotional at times. Like there, there's like an there's a couple episodes where you're just like, oh shit, they they went deep in this. Like it's actually a drama. Cool. So yeah, what's that show? Cool, that's good. Yeah, well
1: that's cool. Like a lot of the time, uh, uh, you get video game. You know stuff shows based based in or about video games and it's not really by people who know what the fuck they're talking about you know mm-hmm. so it's good you know that there's actually how people dare you who i like, don't
3: think the people from pure Ponage would uh would take kindly to you saying that they didn't know anything about video games pouring
1: another drink
0: <laughs> yep yep all right anyway so this is our 200th episode so we decided to do something a little different we're going to talk about some things that you know things that we love, but we don't really get to talk about on this TV, on this TV show on this um, podcast podcast because usually we have like a theme or something like that, or we do what's good and just things that we like doing. But you know, the less. Fuck! I don't know. Five years I've been bugging Steve to talk about Warhammer. So, so this is this is
6: our so chance. This is an episode where we just let Steve go.
0: No, no, no. put your
3: seatbelts on. We need more booze. Speaking of,
0: <laughs> why don't you start this off, Steve? Oh, Are you serious? Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right.
1: Okay. So I have been thinking about this Warhammer thing for a long time, and uh, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, I talk about Warhammer. Oh, I did for you know it was like my it was my yum for yeah, I actually said it fuck it was my whatever for a long time and uh, yeah it, it is definitely something I have really enjoyed for uh, for many many years so I was like okay how I'm gonna how am I gonna do this because what I like about Warhammer is the lore and the lore just goes on for days and days so so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm not gonna go into the history of the game or behind the scenes or anything like that but going to.
0: Like, yeah. are you gonna give like a brief history, like why it came into being and stuff like that? Because I would love to know that. Like, was See, it just thing, built right? as a game to be like, well, we have D anD D here, let's make something that's more.
1: Okay, well, hmm. hopefully, I will answer some of those questions. I kind of like wrote a thing that's sort of like top down yeah. instead of bottom up, and go, go then with your I'm gonna open it. Yeah, I'm gonna open it up to questions because I think there's enough stuff that you guys have um, experienced or might have seen, you know, just cause it's so widespread and that was kind of going to be the second half. So I'm going to read a quote and then talk about like three main themes and then open it up.
0: I'm down for this uh, Ted talk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't <laughs> want to be a Ted talk.
1: Um, and also apologies in advance, uh, for all the Warhammer fans out there. Cause like, you know, there's a lot of people who are pretty hardcore. Uh, if I get like a detail wrong, I've been away from the hobby for about a year. Uh, I don't really want to get into that, but uh, I've got in uh, bold, that's a whole other story. Uh, (laughs) There's a lot of that as I go through this. So um, in the broadest sense, uh, Dungeons & Dragons is the most well-known RPG, right? And likewise, Magic the Gathering, at least in North America, is the quintessential collectible card game. Um, And I would say that the best understanding of Warhammer... Is it's the most well-known miniature war game. When people talk about miniature war games, they often will just say it's, it's the Warhammer hobby, which is not accurate. There's a lot of different ones, and that's not to say that any of those things that I just listed are the best of you know their their groups, but they're the most well-known. And um, so, what Warhammer is at the at the end of the day, it's it's a miniature war game that has been marketed pretty heavily for decades and decades and my relationship with it goes back at least 30 years because I worked at a hobby store and I started buying all the all the all the stuff and but when I think about it it goes back even further so I just want to put it out there like did any of you guys play like a version of a video game called Space Hulk yes yeah just just you I
0: I remember it because it said Warhammer 40,000 above it and I was oh like, what really? what the fuck yeah. is this?
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, going, like, way back into, like, the 90s, um, they were trying to make video games on, like, the IP. And, yeah, it's just a miniatures war game, but what I really like about Warhammer 40k is the intellectual property of the setting has, like, evolved and grown, and they've been very uh, careful about how they, like, there's retcons, but it's it's expanded in a way that I don't think most fandoms or or like sci-fi has managed to do um so that's kind of like the main reason I really like Warhammer is because it's been very meticulous in how the lore has has grown over the years uh and and unlike other fandoms which I've grown up with they they really they're really careful about how they uh uh you know grow it um Jeez. Yes. a
6: question about yes. the, like the lore and everything how like how is it presented to you to you or to the fans like is it uh, like uh is it always through the game system itself or like th- is it mostly through like or is it a variety of like novels and like that's that's a great like, question series like yeah so um originally uh without going too deep into the
1: history games workshop uh like in the late '80s actually uh, created a miniatures war game. So it was primarily based on the miniatures, and you'd like roll dice, and you'd like have the miniatures fight. And they had two lines: they had uh, Warhammer Fantasy and something called Warhammer uh, 40K, which is the branch I enjoy. And over the years, um, the books got more colorful, and then they started doing novels, uh, you know, as you pointed out. And uh, and now there's video games, and there's all kinds of stuff. And and actually, that that's a great question because. For a time, like most IPs, they were trying to sell it through like one video game developer and then THQ went belly up and then that was the end of that. <laughs> and they kind of decided, you know what? As long as everybody is faithful to the lore, we'll just let anybody make a video game, which is why <laughs> these days there's so much Warhammer and Warhammer 40k shit everywhere. There's mobile games and I, I have to say most of it is garbage. Right? As a fan, a lot of it is junk. But the one thing they did that was smart is they made sure that everything is lore consistent. So if you find some dumb, like, goblin game, you know, on your phone, uh, yeah, the game is probably garbage. But at least it might hook you, right? Because you'll be just like, what's the deal with these green guys, right? Like, why is this, what's what's going on here? And that's the one mm-hmm. thing I think they've maintained through all their, like, spreading of the IP. Uh, yeah, sorry, do you have a question? Oh, sorry. No, no, no,
6: I'm, I'm yep. just listening so, <laughs>
1: I will say yeah, that that's raised. that's one thing that uh, that I think they've done right. Uh, on the other hand, uh, over the years, uh, Games Workshop has been very draconian about the IP. Uh, back when you know in the '90s, uh, you know when you know like some YouTube stuff and some fan stuff started to started to creep up, they like they just slapped those guys like right down. Like even though there was like nonprofit and everything, like they just were so overprotective of it. And that's actually the reason why I kind of left the hobby for about a year because. It's been growing like with so many like people making like CGI stuff and uh like like uh, discussion videos like talking about the lore because it's just so full. And um and that's what happened last year. Uh there was a video called Estar which many of you may have seen. Um and I do recommend it if you can still find a full copy of it. Uh it inspired Games Workshop to create like a like a streaming service, which is like just the most <laughs> random thing, like a miniatures game company. Like, okay, fine, go into books. Maybe even go into movies, right? But a streaming service? Like what the fuck, right? And as part of that, <laughs> there they were some just... cool
0: things on it though. From the like... Well, that's
1: the thing. They 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 hired a lot of the people who had been making stuff for free, but they handled it kind of improperly. So some people who were making cartoons, like of their own free will, got kind of ghosted and then got banned. And so it was it was a little bit kind of nasty, and the community actually kind of fell apart. Uh, so anyway, anyway, let me um, let me speed along a little bit just to get into it. Uh, so what I was going to do because it's it's impossible for me to like talk about everything in the setting. Um, but there so is a, mm, so yeah.
0: when you were getting into this in the early nineties, 90s, yeah, nineties, yeah, 90s, 90s, yeah. um, was it only at Games Workshop? Because that's the only place I had seen this like and that was much later like because there wasn't one in st Catharines where i grew up so i had no access to any of this like that's why i I didn't really know it
1: yeah no that's that's an interesting detail yeah games workshop the company actually had its own stores for a time i remember there was one like in eaton center and they were like yeah again they were like so protective of their property right but that's the thing like because they've managed to forge this like you know uh uh Warhammer hobby a lot of people actually who don't play miniatures games just kind of just call it the Warhammer hobby and that's like totally incorrect there's tons of miniature war games and only now have they started to you know like sell in other stores although a few of us who've worked at stores will know uh dealing with games workshop is uh, uh, really painful <laughs> because <laughs> they they don't let you really advertise you can have the stock and you've got to buy tons of it Right? Why like would
0: you not want to advertise? I mean, it's yeah. so it's much worse on
3: that, too, because what they would also do is if they, you started selling a lot of it, they'd go, that's really good. We'll open a store next to you and yeah. take all yeah, the yeah, business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. They're so draconian.
6: Oh my God.
1: No, no. They're so anti-consumer and so draconian and now like anti-fan that like, yeah, that's why. That's why I kind of like gave it a pass for about a year. Uh, nevertheless, I am still in love with it. Uh, one of the primary reasons, actually, I'll just mention this again. Uh, all over like the last couple of years during COVID. Every time I brought it up, the reason was because they started developing like uh, a whole bunch of novels. It's like 50 novels. It's like a conglomeration of authors. And they actually sat down and they were like, okay, we're going to tell the story of this this point in history. And they got all the authors together and they all worked on it. And they were like, okay, we're going to assign this book to you, assign this book to you. So it's never been like anything like this in in fiction, right? Like where a collaborative effort was planned beforehand and laid out and then they've they've worked through it and the they're closest almost the
3: thing might be wizards of the coast did six books one sure time for sure D&D. sure six yeah.
1: yeah no no that's a thing like it's 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 tricky right like to actually sit down and do it so i really really respect the uh internal consistency like yeah some stuff doesn't totally match but still like 56 books for like one story i mean that's <laughs> You're never going to see that again. Okay. Uh, so know, anyway, I'm
0: pretty sure I'm seeing that right now with Star Wars and the High Republic. Aren't
1: they just retconning that as they go? I don't know. Nope. It's good. <laughs> well,
3: High Republic is like five hundred years or something before. Yeah, a couple. Hundred so it, years. it's 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 well past the old Republic stuff because Disney seems to just like let the old, old Republic stuff kind of just do its own thing, like the video game and stuff like that, and obviously the remaking Coder uh Maybe. If that ever comes out or <laughs> works or whatever because obviously there's problems with that but the high republic is like just in this time period where it's like it can't influence the current canon and it can't influence the older public canon so let's just like it, do whatever the fuck you want Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. which is not a bad idea and yoda has yeah. gold on
0: his cloak oh because he's younger and more hip <laughs> <laughs>
3: i'm gonna have to ask when you when about this bling. stuff in another
0: more, more playing
3: We'll sorry, all that? be having golden Yodas in Springfield. <laughs> uh,
1: sorry, Steve. I'll have to. No, 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 no. I'm gonna have to ask you about that stuff because I've stayed like well away from it. Because yeah, I, the I, I, story I can't stand is the way over
0: so many different things of media that like learning the lore of the High Republic right now is just like I don't want to go into yeah. like five different comic book series this set of novels the mm. set of children's novels the picture books and all this other stuff i'm just like fuck that's too the much the good the
6: good news is steve is that uh they've decided to let somebody else take over the whole story making process it's ryan johnson and it's going to be amazing oh <laughs> uh, lord
5: i am going to <laughs> read it I'm, gonna <laughs> leave. I'm going to go back
6: to 40k because that's my
1: that's my happy <laughs> okay, place yeah,
5: yeah yeah that's my
1: happy <laughs> place uh Okay, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. I'm not drunk enough. I'm gonna try a dramatic reading of an intro that is in uh, front of most uh, rule books and novels, and I think that it kind of encapsulates wait, the should setting. Should
0: I put music on? No. Yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, don't, yeah.
1: Don't put fucking music on.
0: Um, God, yeah, man, I know you man. need some tunes.
1: <laughs> it's got to be all like grim, dark. Yeah, I'm um, trying to find. Just, just find Christopher table Nolan. Table right? um, but. Nolan. Uh, yeah like trying trying to come up with a way to explain 40k has been just i've been thinking about it for like so long right so uh yeah definitely ask me questions uh when i cover my that's pretty good it's pretty good when i cover my my loose plan. all right so uh i hope i don't fuck this up so this is a paragraph that appeared in the original rulebook and has appeared in many versions of it since, as well as many lo- novels. Uh, so I'll try to be dramatic and clean. Here we go. <clears throat> <clears throat> and the music went away. No, it's, not, it's still there. It's still playing. Oh, is it okay? It is the forty-first millennium. For more than a hundred centuries, the emperor has sat immobile on the golden throne of Earth. He is the master of mankind by the will of the gods and master of a million worlds by the might of his inexhaustible, armies. He is a rotting carcass writhing invisibly with power from the dark age of technology. He is the carrion lord of the vast Imperium of man, for whom a thousand souls are sacrificed every day so that he may never truly die. Yet even in his deathless state, the Emperor continues his eternal vigilance. Mighty battle fleets cross the demon-infested miasma of the Warp, the only route between distant stars, their way lit by the Astronomicon the psychic manifestation of the Emperor's will. Vast armies give battle in his name on uncounted worlds. Greatest amongst his soldiers are the Adeptus Astartes, the Space Marines, bioengineered super warriors. Their comrades in arms are legion. The Imperial Guard and countless planetary defense forces, the ever-vigilant Inquisition, and the tech priests of the Adeptus Mechanicus, to name only a few. But for all their multitudes, they are barely enough to hold off the ever-present threat to humanity from aliens, heretics, mutants, and far, far worse. To be a man in such times is to be one amongst untold billions. It is to live in the cruelest and most bloody regime imaginable. These are the tales of those times. Forget the power of technology and science, for so much has been forgotten, never to be relearned. Forget the promise of progress and understanding for in the grim dark future, there is only war. There can be no peace amongst the stars, only an eternity of carnage and slaughter, and the laughter of thirsting gods.
0: And, and there I, it is. That was good, man. I liked that. Oh, thanks, thanks. Very good.
1: Sorry for the mispronunciations.
0: So, yeah, we, no, that is. I didn't notice. I think the music really kicked awesome. in there for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, nice, eh?
1: nice. nice. Yeah, no, I think that that kind of uh, sums up the mood of the setting. And uh, there's a lot of specific things, but I just want to touch on sort of three main themes to like kind of give you the impression of what makes 40K as a sci fi setting uh, stand apart from other sci fi settings. Um, The first one being that the scale of it is like massive. Um, So, as an example, uh, the Imperial dating system uh records you know what century what millennium we're in um and so they they like you know like with uh star trek right they have like a you know the star date system yeah in 40k uh they say the the year within a thousand and then the millennium so we right now would be in m3 or 022.m3 the 22nd year of the third millennium which is in their counting 2000. So for instance like if we went like reverse it around like the 40k um 40000 the 41st millennium would be uh anything uh that would be hang on a sec i had the numbers down. uh and i've lost it. It'd be like say like it was the year 4999 that would read as 999 M41. So the thing with 40K is that's where the title comes from. Warhammer 40K takes place in the 41st millennium. And so it's so far into the future that humanity in this setting has not only gone through a golden age and reached perfection, then developed AI, uh, inevitably had to fight them, banned AI, but then also completely collapsed into ruin. And somewhere in the 30th millennium arose again. Into some sort of thing that becomes what we what we see in the the current game, and then collapsed again. So this sounds it's, like it's
0: very influenced by Dune.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say, um, yeah, there are definitely influences from uh, from Dune, especially like the AI, the date, um, the structure of the families. So yeah, there's also a lot of Lovecraftian elements because another feature of Warhammer is. The faster-than-light travel, which is always an issue in science fiction, is explained in Warhammer in that there is a parallel universe uh, that exists called the warp. So this is actually really important to the horror aspect, which you might not have known about. Uh, Warhammer 40k has a, has a lot of supernatural elements to it. Um, and the warp is kind of like a an, another reality, but one composed of emotional energy. Um, And so, as emotions sort of are presented in the real space, a sort of a a duplicate of it comes to life in warp space. And over the eons of time, what's happened is a lot of negative emotions have actually collected and coalesced into entities, alien intelligences uh, of anger or fear of all this. in in some respects, there's this kind of like, uh, there's like sort of demons or sort of gods, but you can also treat them as almost Lovecraftian, like alien intelligences. Um, And the significance of the warp is that at an early point in the storyline, humans didn't really understand the nature of the warp. They just realized, oh, there's like a parallel universe that doesn't obey the laws of physics or time, and we can use it to do faster than light travel, right? We'll pop in and then because we know kind of paths through this weird ocean will pop out back into real space and we're all good, except they didn't know that the warp was alive. Right. And that's one of the great tragedies in the story is that they used this and then the warp became unstable and then civilization collapsed because they lost all contact with all their human colonies, which had spread across the entire Milky way. Um, and then again, I, I want to avoid certain historical stuff because it could just go on and on because like, Pretty much everywhere from like the 20th millennium up to the 40th, there's different historical events. Uh, And I'm only talking about the humans too, right? Like in the Milky Way galaxy, there's all these (laughs) other species and other. So the last thing I want to say is um, the end result is there was an attempt to try to create another golden age of humanity. Uh, It failed uh, catastrophically. And uh basically the the Imperium of Man is the remnant, although very powerful remnant, of the last attempt of humanity to try to reclaim its territory. And it only exists because it is a massive bureaucracy that continually generates armies and warships to maintain its borders. But in terms of its philosophy and its intent, it's completely become corrupted and, and it's collapsed. Because the Emperor, who you know is an important character. Uh, actually wanted a, a a secular society based on science and, and anti-religion and now he's actually worshipped as a as an undead God in a way and mm. so it's gone horribly wrong. All technology is regression. They've completely forgotten how to do everything. so they worship technology like it's magical because they don't understand how it works. And um, everything is superstition. there's a absolute human supremacist sort of notion like all aliens are bad and also oh one thing i should mention too the warp is not just a means of uh, fashion light travel it also allows for kind of psychic and magic stuff to happen so that's where there's a little bit of supernatural stuff the warp when it leaks into real space can affect reality so this is how it becomes kind of like demons and cults and things from the other side being pulled through and 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 being made like being offered promises and, and things like that. So, anyway, I'm sure I completely messed all that up, but it is a very colorful setting. Uh, but yeah, in, to summarize, it is a horror, dystopia, sci fi. The Imperium of Man is a galaxy spanning, authoritarian, fascist, religious, fundamentalist, bureaucratic, industrial, feudal war machine. It's um, all
3: the <laughs> worst parts of humanity. Jesus. It Stop is aliens.
1: <laughs> it's really terrible. It's hostile, and everything is overpowered. Actually, just as a side note, there's a kind of an amusing thing on YouTube where people like to do like, oh, what if Star Wars fought Star Trek? Right? Um, every time they pit like Warhammer against anything, it always wins because Warhammer is just it's just ridiculous. Um, it's just so overpowered, and it's just ridiculous. But it's it's horrible at the same time. Uh, and I'm I did pretty sure once- John
6: Wick could do it. Maybe, John maybe. Wick could take down Fort War. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they got his dog. Did
0: the, did the Emperor get his dog? Yeah. Warhammer and Riley in Battletech too?
3: Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. there are mechs. There are like...
3: Yeah, but like, no, nothing stops the word of Blake Jihad, you know, with those nukes.
1: <laughs> okay, let's not start this nukes. Okay, so there's a okay. Yeah, this is the problem. I can start jumping into all this shit that people have made up for Warhammer, but the but that's the beauty of it is is they've they've worked on it. They've retconned some things, but they've had so much talent behind it, and and like they've really managed a bible. Oh, so over the decades, they've really filled it all out. Like there's, there's so many organizations, it's so. it's it's, there's a lot of detail but
4: what's good about it is it's very consistent that's Um, what i I, I wanted to ask you about it um i know like it's very open to a lot of writers coming in on that was there one particular person or maybe like you know a couple of people who came up with the original concept of it Uh, so
1: yeah this was something i didn't want to discuss because i don't know the exact history there there are a couple people at the very beginning when the first books were written who really like kind of established like this really colorful universe and that sort of some of those initial ideas have been expanded upon. Uh, and there were different like art directors and and sort of main creative directors who did control the, the pathing of it. But that's stuff that yeah, I didn't really want to cover
4: because yeah, it gets very complicated. Yeah, so those basically it's, like, Albert but basically the lore keeper is like game, games workshop.
1: Yeah, they, yeah. Like, but there was specific people who were individuals who ran it and who still run it. Uh, even though this collaborative effort, which I was talking about most recently, uh, uh, is you know involves a lot of people, but there's still like a lot of oversight, and I think that that's sort of the one thing that I really respect about it. I mean, considering all the other fandoms that I'm I'm disappointed in. I suspect
3: um, because Warhammer Warham, 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 Game Workshop is uh, from the UK. Back in the there's a lot less like sanctification or deification of like the people who started it than say D and D. Maybe in the states right because there's so many people who want to worship like dave arneson for that one camp or gary gygax for another camp or like elevate like well this person you know like ed greenwood you know for creating the realms and stuff like that but it's like these are all just people you know yeah and and there's so many hands that go into creating these things
1: there's probably yeah i think there's probably some truth to that but uh, yeah again that was something i didn't really want to get into because i'm not super familiar with you know all the all the key figures. Uh, I'll just I'll just add one more thing. Um, so yes, 40k borrows a lot from Dune. Uh, obviously, the the huge timeline. Uh, religion as a tool because after the emperor was entombed on the golden throne, which is a whole other thing I don't want to get into. Uh, yeah. He became worshiped and, and it became like a, a mechanism, even though he didn't want a religious empire, it became a mechanism for control. So there's that, uh, the scale, the AI issue. Uh, whenever you see Warhammer stuff, you'll see a lot of skulls and a lot of sort of like grim looking people. That's because they don't allow for AI Every single computer in the Warhammer universe has a little shred of a person's brain in it that was probably a criminal or a saint, and they got sliced up, and there's a piece of them
3: as part of the machine
1: to allow for that computer to work
3: i wonder uh, what it was like would it be like if someone who only seen like the latest dune movie and doesn't know where dune goes and is like what do you mean re- like religion as a tool in dune what are you talking
1: about <laughs> yeah yeah it's... brent brent yeah brent no, yes, brent you, brent. Hasn't... no he's,
3: he hasn't seen the rest of Dune. Yeah, oh oh yeah oh, okay there. sorry 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 uh, in a year or so
1: you'll get it the supernatural stuff is very Lovecraftian, of course. It's a, you know, it's about like outer-dimensional, you know, intelligences and things that you know, uh, the older exists. gods, yeah, the elder gods and sorts of things like that. And I think the 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 design and look and feel of it, which is very appealing to me, is because it's a British company. There, I think there was a tradition of like wargaming uh, before that, yeah. so there's a lot of yeah. Roman like Ro- ancient Roman stuff. They use a lot of Latin in a sort of a funny way to sort of, you know, designate like an ancient culture and a lot of world war one stuff kind of shows up, especially in the artwork. The artwork is all very like, you know, like grandiose, like Napoleonic world war one yeah. kind of stuff, you know? So it's got this kind of feel to it. Uh, and then also lastly, there's a lot of political satire and paranoia. Everybody knows it's over the top. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that is very 80 uh, 2000, which is the comic book. Series that uh, Judge Dread and a lot of other insane British sci fi, you know, over the topness comes from. So um, that was as short as I could keep it. Um, I have some other stuff to add at the end, but who has questions? Does anybody have questions?
0: I have a question. I... Um, yes. If you are new to this series, yes. how does one get into it? Like, do they do the game or do they do the novels or?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I did. Uh, the best way is depending on whether that sounded exciting to you or not. If you want to play the game, you can always go into one of the game workshop stores. They'll even give you a free miniature and they'll like hard sell you on the game. Uh, that's just for the pure miniature side of it. But like I said, I enjoy it for the lore and it's kind of taken the life of its own. There's a lot of computer games, a lot of very old ones that you can get pretty cheap and a few new ones. So here are the ones that I would, I would recommend. I'd recommend uh, Space Marine by Relic from about 10 years ago. Uh, there's a sequel that's coming out soon, Space Marine 2. Both have amazing trailers. You can just watch those. That's fun. There's a game called Mechanicus, which is kind of like an XCOM game, except where it's different. is uh, Instead of uh, um, having percentages to hit, you always hit, but you have to manage your movement. Okay, So it becomes very tricky. Everything is a 100% hit, so you don't need to worry about missing, but you got to time everything. So you actually hit properly. Um, Battle sectors like a turn-based game. Dawn of War is RTS. Battlefield Gothic is a, a starship game, and Gladius is a, a 4x game. So those are all the, sort of the computer games. From a oh, and also there's a new one called Dark Tide that's going to come out soon. It is a unofficial sequel to Vermintide.
0: I was going to say um, no, you didn't say any of the Vermintide games because that's yeah, Warhammer, well, that's 4K. the thing.
1: Vermin Vermintide and. Total War, Warhammer are the fantasy side of things, which I'm not talking about here. Uh, they're related, but I don't want to get into it. So I'm just that's talking the about the sci-fi.
3: Warcraft story. to the Starcraft.
0: Ah, oh,
1: yes,
3: I understood that's that. The
1: fantasy. To
0: the I got second. that reference. I should make that a clip. <laughs>
3: if
1: If you're into reading books, uh, most people recommend reading Xenos by Dan Abnett. That's a good starting point. Uh, that in that book, in fact, and that series is possibly going to become a TV show. Uh, They are always talking about it. Um, And then online, uh, I would just go to YouTube and, and check out, type in cinematic, 40K trailer or Astartes. And one last thing is there's something called a Hell's Reach with one L. Uh, which was an animated movie. It's like two hours long, but it's narrated really well. And for the end, Games Workshop hired that guy to do stuff. So he got his own TV show afterwards, but he did one for free. And that one's still available. So anyway, those are all like the sort of ways if you just want to watch stuff. Uh, I. Yeah, just-
3: I recently started watching Play on Tabletop on YouTube because of a whole thing. Rahul right. Coley yeah, of Midnight Mass started getting into 40K cuz he paid him miniatures. So they were like come out cuz he's in Vancouver filming something. They're like come out to our studio and like we'll teach you how to play Warhammer. So I started watching their stuff and it's really well produced nice. Warhammer games. So it's just like a couple of nerds playing Warhammer 40K, but it's narrated like it's like a sports game. Like, oh, wow. like you're watching you know and, it, and warhammer can take a long time to play so they have like 40k in 40 minutes and 40k in 30 minutes um and they do a really good job of telling the story of like the back and forth of the game and you don't have to know how to play the game uh but you can kind of learn how to play by watching them i've watched probably like 200 hours of that in the yeah last, I, f- like, I find
1: months. that Jeez. fascinating <laughs> no i find that really fascinating right because i came at it from like you know, physically like selling the game and then sort of reading into it. And then like, you know, my, my lore interest grew over time, but that's part of their streaming service is that they do actually do, uh, paint tutorials and, uh, run games. Right. So I'm really, I, I find it amazing that they've actually managed to make the, the game footage enticing enough, you know, that a person. Well, I think it's these guys it.
3: specifically. I don't know. Cause I keep hearing they're the best as well. Yeah. I, don't, I haven't watched anybody else. So I probably can't now because their stuff yeah. so well produced.
1: Um, so yeah, I know that was a kind of a very broad thing and I talked for a long time. Does anybody else have like any questions about something they've seen or like something they're wondering about? Like you
0: talking about this I, makes me want to get one of those magnifying glasses that I have the light behind it so I can paint minis. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. Why would you, I need two of those. you could
3: just take your glasses off and see the thing just fine. Because
0: and... if I take my glasses off I won't see anything.
4: Oh. <laughs> not me <laughs> the thing that makes me trepidatious about getting into something like this is it just seems like so huge yeah yeah, yeah the well, scale of they've got a kill team now you
3: only need like nine minis and you can just <laughs> okay again i'm not not something i'm gonna get into um yeah. so
1: yeah so no I, I mean i don't really know what else to say because i only kind of touched on the uh the imperium of man which you know of Steve, itself how is how all kinds some of factions bigger and... than
3: other humans and <laughs> there's uh, there's all
1: kinds of other races and other so there's there's you know the Eldari and then there's like orcs and and they're they all have like their own sort of history and personality so there's a flavor for everybody and then even in the human factions is all kinds of stuff like space marines are not the only thing that, that So rely
0: Steve on. I like steampunk is there a steampunk version of Warhammer
1: Okay fine yeah you have kind of hinted at this the orcs are probably the closest thing to steampunk
5: so the orcs
1: are kind of a a a cockney comedic species but from a science fiction perspective they're kind of interesting there is a they're they're kind of like an infestation that just thrives on violence uh, with british accents they're kind of funny actually from the science fiction side of it they inherently understand how to throw things together and make them work even though Scientifically, they shouldn't, and it's due to some nature of their species that the more of them are gathered together, the more violent they get, and the more they believe that their technology will work. That sounds so. Like they a, are the like, most steampunk because the shit that they make should not work. They but have because... the best
0: minis. I love their minis. They look so cool. I'm, I'm literally looking them up right now.
1: <laughs> the orcs, the orcs, are orcs just... with a K. Yeah, orcs the K. They're absolutely yeah. like they're a bit of a joke race, but they're like from the science fiction perspective they're massive they're made from fungus they're not they're not flesh and blood <laughs> yeah. they infect planets as yeah. spores mm. um there is an implication that in the long, 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 long history <laughs> in the long 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 history of, of the galaxy they were they were possibly a last-ditch effort by a uh, a precursor race to create a warrior species to fight against their enemy so they kind of threw together this it's shit like, they said we got to hold these guys off let's just make a race that just blooms from the ground and just knows how to make weapons it's like starship right? troopers. the one with the chainsaw sword
3: right now yeah, yeah. No, orcs orcs yeah. are pretty
1: hilarious i mean technically
3: orcs, speaking killing orcs will eventually make more orcs
1: yes yeah they're <laughs> they're that's the problem against? once orcs infect a planet uh it's impossible to remove them because they're in the you soil nuke it from keep...
0: orbit. <laughs> So yes, I mean, which sure. is
1: yes. That is uh, so. Th- again, I could just keep going on. There is a thing in the Imperium called Exterminatus. This is an official declaration by the in- Inquisition when a planet is out of control and needs to be destroyed. They will declare Exterminatus, and uh, they'll blow it in one of blow it up in one of five or six different ways.
3: Uh, right, they'll they'll sh- shatter it with Death Star. <laughs> no,
1: no, though no, they'll they'll use these really. The, the, the most gruesome means of blowing up a planet uh, is a virus bomb which what happens is they shoot super virulent viruses onto the planet that once they explode explode uh, infect everything and consume it creating a cloud of gas because everything completely melts and then they incinerate the planet from all the gas that's been created from everything melting and so the entire planet gets it gets incinerated. <laughs> That just I mean,
3: sounds like soup and extra steps.
0: And delicious. Yeah, though. but the
1: point is, the point is the plan is a burnt husk after that. That'll take care of orcs too.
0: Does anyone else have any questions? Because I have one more.
1: <laughs> Go for it. Go, ahead. Go As
0: check. someone who gets obsessive when he starts collecting something, how much money am <laughs> I gonna waste that. in one week? Too much.
1: <laughs> Look, I I bought a ton of this stuff. I never really painted it. I painted a little bit of it. I've got it all sitting on shelves. I would recommend if you're interested, uh, look into the books. Don't go into the miniatures unless you intend to play the game. And if you don't have the time, but, don't buy the miniatures because it's very, very expensive. But what, there's plenty of other I stuff. What if I to
0: put it on a shelf? Well, action well, figures
6: Eric, now. Here, here, here's what I'll say, Eric is. You have a 3D printer, yes? Not
0: yet. It's coming uh, to Christmas. Uh, Christmas. Because, oh, man, that's a whole other. That's a whole, that, yeah, that's that, a problem. That, I can't talk about There are
3: people who make custom yes. minis for this. There's studios you could, like, and yeah, Warhammer, yeah. like, you can bring them to some tournaments. I just found out about this. People do custom minis for Warhammer. Sweet. This is the problem. Well, there's there's, there's a so whole many bunch, There's a whole bunch
6: of Kickstarters and yeah. Patreon campaigns where they yeah. have these things. And like you, every week they release a new, uh, release a yeah, new okay, like series of of goblins or a new series of of warriors or yeah, infantry
3: turrets and I, like I, all I these kind of things. I subscribe
0: to some of these people. Already, There's so. an
3: episode of Play on Tabletop where a guy has a Space Marine army, but he replaced all the Space Marine heads with Goblin heads. And like that's a ton of fucking work because it that already takes out, like you know hundreds of hours to assemble you know eighty whatever minis of space marines, but then to switch out every because you have to get the heads. This is this so, is so this you're is saying this I should get a 3D other... printer sooner. Yes.
1: Okay, fair, yes. Well, let's enough. just let's just go with that because that will be applicable to a lot of things. This <laughs> okay? was
0: just like, yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Have I, 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 I. 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 Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get
1: it on it. I talk about stuff. Let me, let me. I guess one last thing. I'll just, just to try to like impress upon you guys, like how awesome 40k is. So, Space Marines uh, are not like just these bulbous dudes walking around in armor. They're bioengineered. They're like ten feet tall. They are no longer human. They Halo are very well. They like they like to put Space Marines up against fire and they
3: crap thunder or whatever it is. Well,
1: they have. (laughs) They're created through a means. Okay, so when the Emperor uh, retook Earth, he used all the the greatest technology at his disposal, and he was also a genius. So he used a lot of genetic engineering to create an army that allowed him to uh, conquer Earth. And then later, he worked on Space Marines, which involves a lot of other stuff that I don't want to get into, but they have extra organs. These guys, they're 10 feet tall. They have fused ribs. They have have an extra heart. They have an extra lung. They spit acid. They um, they do a lot. Okay, they're not really people anymore. So that's why when people like compare, like oh, stormtroopers versus space marines, there's 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 just no discussion, right? I mean, space marines now there's not very many space marines. That is something people should keep in mind. They're more like a monastic order that exists in rare numbers that kind of operate on their own uh, and, and and protect you know humanity when they feel like it or when they're called to. But it's it's a little vague. Okay, uh, but they're just the most ridiculous things because even their guns when you see their weapons you, they look like regular guns those aren't guns they're called bolters they shoot rocket propelled uh mini nukes each grenade has the <laughs> capacity to blow up a tank every single round is like an anti-tank round so they when you see these guys the with their or
0: whatever. yeah
1: yeah 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 no no exactly and in starties, it it's yeah I mean even one part of it they go to full auto which is insane right you don't need that many shots to kill something but that's the type of shit you need to blow up like orcs because an orc you blow off his arm he's still going to come at you because he's fungus right it's a horrible universe there's uh uh, the 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 zerg are the tyranids there's like a skeletal uh (laughs) robot skeletons there's like uh, ancient elves now they got space dwarves which is awesome they just brought them back so anyway it's very colorful uh I've talked long enough um but uh, only
0: an hour (laughs) Yeah.
1: <laughs> did i really yeah, half, 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 half an hour him. steve god damn it i wanted to go later uh okay and for first. anyone else for anybody else i'll just finish on this if you do listen to youtube here's some channels i recommend uh 40k theories lutien 09 arbiter ian Westhammer, hammer grimdark narrator oculus imperia tactica imperialis bolts of terror major kill and the remembrancer those are all steve sanctioned do you YouTube want to channels. play
0: the the thing, the trailer thing?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. If, we, if you still have time. So this is a, a so when, when Games Workshop caught wind of all these people going like, wow, they're making a lot of cool CG. We should get in on that. Uh, they actually hired somebody to actually make some half-decent stuff. So this is a trailer for the latest edition of the game. But I think it kind of sums up the universe in a really nice, like, artistic and kick-ass kind of way. So we'll end on that. Probably should have led
3: with it. In the
1: darkness
5: yeah. between
1: the stars, the weak and the faithless find no
5: deliverance.
0: I don't know if you want to explain anything that's happening, but it looks cool. I think they're fighting Necrons by the looks of
3: it.
1: Imperial Guard, which are regular soldiers, are fighting Necrons, which are the we ancient are species. We believe
3: that-, that the God Emperor watches over
1: us all. Oh. This is a sister of battle. It's a so monastic order of nun the warriors. The heretic, the
0: alien. <laughs> that just sounds cool.
1: Yeah, we the
3: order,
1: the Adeptus Sororitas.
3: That's well,
1: like the rock. first time girls have been in the game. It's true. That's why they actually pushed it in this version of the game. They released new miniatures for
5: them. Even in the face of death.
1: But it's a pure female order. Yeah. They really like the we fleur-de-lis for some reason. That's their specific that. symbol. Yeah, that's their symbol for some reason.
0: They're French, all of them?
1: <laughs> sure.
0: It wasn't okay. even a French
1: symbol originally.
0: That's true. here. Suffering is our
5: prayer.
1: But they're very, very religious. That's a good they're shot. Very... Faith
3: is our armor. That could be a um, reliquary yeah the sisters of Battle.
0: he offers us did she heal herself by
1: prayer yeah she healed herself just from belief in the emperor that's something that the sisters are very there is a religious order in the game and they somehow manifest miracles oh chainsaw sword and there we go team up space marines are also known as the angels of death the emperor's angels is that an ultramarine yeah it's always ultramarines yeah everybody loves the ultramarines actually no one loves ultramarines but
3: well people we who play oh look at this motherfucker yeah yeah <laughs> look at it he's, he's right? got a skeleton
1: of a dead friend on there it's no I yeah
0: yeah
2: it. well. i mean
3: you should still wear a helmet yeah you should wear a helmet combat. i i do hate that i really
2: there do <laughs>
3: Unless wait, is he the guy that comes back to life maybe? There's, There's a guy who always no gets resurrected. Mercy.
1: No. He's been alive for ten minutes. There's a pretty Derek rare
3: Dandarian? and in Dandarian? Dandarian? Oh, He's, he's called worse than,
1: Wapens than Wapens Wapens In the in the, the universe they're called perpetuals. There are some immortals, but they're very rare.
0: Well this is animated really well.
1: Yeah, this is a good trailer.
0: It's like Warcraft Cinematic. There we looks. go
1: got some more sisters
6: the galaxy burns it's
1: we got a new so line of miniatures
6: we, we
2: gotta sell it the last bulwark against the terror. and while we give me all a tower trailer.
1: Ah, uh, alien the scum, scum.
4: This new
1: yeah if you like anime they, there's a race for that too <laughs> they have like gundams they're sweet yeah the tower there is yeah. only war. That's yeah, cool. just type in just type in cinematic 40k. You'll get a bunch of stuff like that. So yeah, there we go. There's only war. That was neat. I love it. I thought it's that I looked awesome.
0: Um yeah. All right. I, I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that no one's gonna talk for that long. Oh, I'm maybe sorry. Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> what I might just you know, like fuck. Sorry. Guys. My subject has like intricate. My my clip in. is a
2: whole season of the show. <laughs> nice. Nice.
0: <laughs> um no, that's awesome. It it, I would be more interested in the lore, to be honest. So, I'll probably yeah look up the YouTubes and just you know listen to the lore people talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. So some
1: of those people I recommend. I recommend. Uh, my my that, children are could, too could...
0: small. One of them would eat those miniatures if I started playing. So you yeah, know, that's not good. That whole thing. Get
1: a 3D get a 3D printer, then you can
0: I, spares. Yeah, yeah, of course. Then I'll print out new Bluey characters and stuff. Um <laughs> so I'm gonna talk about Bluey now. No, I'm just joking.
2: That would be awesome. I actually don't know. Like uh, I am I would have I would've I'm okay uh, with that if we can officially retire Bluey after this. No
6: never. Nope, 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 not even, not even close.
0: I am gonna go next though, um, because I think mine ties in like there's there's two people that are like tied into each other. I think Marcus's and Dave's topics are sort of the same. I think. Really? Well, you're you t- like you have building stuff, and and okay. Marcus has building ish stuff. Um, you guys is based I on know.
2: creativity and creation.
0: Hawks is um, a TV show, and Brent's is a TV show. Mine is um, more lore. It's it's about an author. It's mostly. Um, I'm gonna be talking about Terry Pratchett and his Discworld novels. Oh. So this is oh, Terry Pratchett, cool. this is a bad picture of him, but yeah, um, he unfortunately passed away in 2015. He's most widely known as the author of the Discworld novels, which is a series of 41 novels. Um,
1: wow, that are, 41 by one guy—that's amazing.
0: Yeah, 41 novels that Jeez. are. Based on this uh, <laughs> world that sits atop four elephants, that's standing on top of a giant turtle floating in space, the Great Atuan. No one knows mm-hmm. the sex of the turtle, but you find out in one of the novels. That's sort of one of the points. But it's um, it's a it's a hilarious, like satirical, um, series. There there are. So many books, obviously. Yes. I haven't read all of them. I haven't read the forty first one because it's sort of um it hurts to think about reading that book yeah. and it being the last one that I'll ever read from him. Most right, people, right. at least uh regular people, would know him from Good Omens, which is a book he wrote with um Oh with Neil uh Neil Gaiman. Which I is also a TV in show. Uh, the
1: other room. Yeah. I didn't know that.
0: So the the reason Good Omens came about was because Him and before he wrote Sandman, Neil Gaiman and uh, Terry Pratchett were talking in the 80s about projects they were, you know, they would love to write one day. And Neil Neil Gaiman sort of went off about this angel and demon going through time, you know, shit happening, whatnot. And um, a number of years have passed and Terry Pratchett called him up one day and was like, you know what, I've been thinking about that idea. I want you, to, you, I want you to sell me that idea or write it with me. And Neil Gaiman was like, fuck, I get to write with Terry Pratchett?
1: Yes. That's amazing. I'm going to write
0: with him. Oh, wow. So that's the kind of, you know, person he was. He was, a, he was really, he was, he was such a nice person online, like with his fans and stuff as well. The Discworld <laughs> series is, oh, geez, how do I even start this? It started in 1983 with the first novel, The Color of Magic, which is this cover. This is my cover, but I don't know where my book is. I think I gave it to my sister. Hold on. Oh. What is this fucking thing? Wait, hold <laughs> on. You know what? I'm going to turn off. This.
3: You could find it in any local library. The Color bookstore. of Magic. Okay.
0: The Color of Magic. Anyway, you can't focus on that with that. Um. And there are sort of these main themes with um, these books. They're they're, they're satirical. They're political in nature. Um, They they riff on fantasy. They riff on science fiction. They riff on horror. Um, So many different tropes that he magnificently writes about. Um, The best thing about him and the thing that I think is unique about Terry Pratchett's work is that his prose is probably one of the best out of any author I've ever read. Um, hmm. He can like, oh my god, uh, what was I saying? He,
4: his prose, his prose. Yeah, he
0: could literally write something that would make you laugh out loud, like like just guffaw, but also hmm. talk about the inner workings of humanity as well as taking a um, you know a, nice. a critical hit at what we do as people. It's it's such a good. See, wow! Nice. Yeah. Um, there are a couple different theme, like or at least um, storylines that are connected through the Disc worlds. There's the wizards. You know, that's how he started off with the wizards. Um, there's the city guard, which are these you know, they're the guard of this main city of Inkmore Park. Inkmore Park is like this dangerous medieval like city that has so many guilds. They have like a thieving guild, a murdering guild. They have like a business guild, wizards guild. It's 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 great. Um so I said wizards, they have the the guards, they have the witches, which are they can do magic, but they're more like people that would help people, like like herbalists and stuff like that. They would but they were known for being magic people. Sorry. Um, I said the city watch already, wizards. Um, and then um, I think those are the main four. Oh, last one, Death is one of the main characters in this series, <laughs> uh, okay. and he is hilarious. He has that British drawl. Um, they had they had animated movies and they had live action movies in the late two thousands and the late nineties. And Death, oh, I had no idea. And Death was played like their BBC One or Sky One productions. Death was played by Christopher Lee, so if you can imagine, oh, yes. his voice <laughs> wow. playing Death, just <laughs> amazing. Stuff down. Like, the, like his fans were crazy in in Britain. Like he had, um, what's his name from Rocky Horror Picture Show? Oh my god, Tim, Tim Curry. Curry. Tim Curry was in the movies. They had they had Sam uh, Sean Austin in the movies. Um, it's it was phenomenal like the people that love them and just want to work with them sure definitely
2: it sounded so familiar to me is i i just all of a sudden it just dawned on me the the michael shane david Tennant series yeah yes good yeah. omens yeah
0: good. yeah so amazing um well that, that's not part of this quote, that's part of his other works mm. um i'm trying to think of where we can go from here because i don't want to well, go on for too long um,
1: I, I do have a question. How does the series go for forty-one books? That's what I'm
0: because I'm really curious. of because they're all they don't have an overarching story, right? Okay, so okay. they're just like,
1: stories of those groups. Yeah.
0: So you can take it at any point, but if you want to get more in depth, like if you want to uh, appreciate more of the later stories, you read the earlier ones because they do happen in a sort of a timeline. But you'd just read. like to point
2: out that the guy who who talked about Warhammer forty k just asked how your series could go on for so long
0: <laughs> okay okay I, I didn't get
1: into that. that was all about an invasion It's very specific okay forty one books in a row that does make me kind of wonder right I
0: mean, yeah, so you could even just take like the witches' section and just read all the witches stuff or read the 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 city garden read all that stuff um but I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't even start this series from the beginning. I think he was still sort of finding his footing when okay. he was writing, or at least his finding his footing in the world. That that being said, the first two books are fantastic, and they did make those movies about him. So they're quite funny, and they're quite good. Um, I would start with... Um, yes, that's what I'm wondering. One of the uh, Witches books, which is called Weird Sisters. W-Y-R-D. This is not going to... Focus, but there it is. Weird Sisters. Um, yeah, I've seen
1: that one before.
0: It's one of the witches novels, obviously. But it's basically which one is it? Hamlet or Macbeth? Huh. Macbeth. It's his take of Macbeth, but from the witch's point of view. <laughs> and it's, oh, okay, it's yeah. so fucking funny, and it's so irrever- like, irreverent, like reverent for everything. It's it's. I, I want to. Uh, I don't even know how we could do. I uh, so there that that one. There's, there's a couple of books by about death where like he takes a vacation and we find out what happens to the world when he doesn't do his job. There's a book called Eric, or Faust, which is a play on Faust, but in the Discworld setting. Um, uh, God, I I I can't say any like.
1: Yeah, it, it sounds really amazing. Like he's taking all these sort of like stodgy, sort of you know, well-established you know classics, but like you know, putting them in his world. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I can't quite imagine because I actually have never, it, it's it's never actually read anything. I'll, any of
0: his I'll books, read so. one of his um, quotes from one of his books. Um, this is, um, is from, it about the shoes. It is about the shoes. This is <laughs> uh, this, everyone likes this quote. I I agree. Yeah, it's it's a from great quote. it's Men at Arms. Um, which is about the city guard. Um, I'm not gonna do a dramatic reading because my throat hurts. But wait, do I put on music? Yeah, I was gonna say like we're still table yeah, top music. music. Tabletop at least. <laughs> audio fantasy <laughs> fantasy. I mean you can just
3: click the fantasy section there.
0: That's true, I could do that. I don't know what I could uh let's see. City. Fantasy city Nothing. Nothing
3: Type in city. City. <laughs> Look at all those results that the audience can't see, but I can. Yeah,
0: I'll, I'm going to do this one. The strange. I don't know what that one is. No, that's not That's not right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and here's where Eric's hour goes. <laughs> OK, here we go. All right, drama.
0: The reason that the rich were so rich, Vimes reasoned, was because they managed to spend less money. Take boots, for example. He earned $38 a month plus allowances, a really good pair of leather boots cost $50. But an affordable pair of boots, which were sort of okay for a season or two, and then leaked like hell when the cardboard gave out, cost about $10. Those were the kind of boots Vimes always bought, and worn into the soles were so thin that he could tell that he was in porks on a foggy night by the feel of the cobbles. But the thing was that good boots lasted for years and years. A man who could afford $50 had a pair of boots that'd still be keeping his feet dry in 10 years' time. While the poor man could only afford cheap boots, would have spent $100 on boots in the same time, and would still have wet feet. This was the Captain Samuel Vimes boots theory of socioeconomic unfairness. <laughs> like, we're, like I, that, that comes I, in the middle of a book. Firm, I watched
3: man. an interview with Matt Smith last night where he, he, the time he met now King Charles and was like, oh, we have like very similar shoes. And Charles was like, I've had these shoes for 35 years.
5: <laughs> Jesus. Do you think
3: Matt Smith wasn't even 35 at the time because it was when he was on Doctor Who. Classic.
0: Well, like there's another bucket, equal rights. I right? have shoes older than you, boy. <laughs> and he writes... <laughs> She was already learning that if you ignore the rules, people will, half the time, quietly rewrite them so that they don't apply to you. Like, there are quotes that just permeate in our everyday lives, and they still have. Like, that book was written, like, 15, 20 years ago.
3: Oh, that's brilliant.
0: There's there's a quote in Terry Pratchett for everything. I think everything.
3: Growing up, I would always hear two authors or series... um from like the same nerds that they always talk about. And one was Terry Pratchett and the other was Hitchhiker's Guide. Like they always kind of went hand in hand where how reverent they were, except I think Pratchett stuff is a lot, has a lot more um, actual commentary on real life. Whereas I think Hitchhiker's Guide is probably a little more out there.
1: Yeah. I was hesitant to ask how it kind of compared to like, but it was just the, the same, but guys there's a
3: certain, were always reading yeah. both.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. People would yeah, always I could say see that. that. I could see that. He had like Neil Gaiman, not Neil Gaiman, um, Douglas Adams, like a feel to it without, you know, yeah. Yeah. trying to rip it off. Um, they, there's a, there's this thing that you'll see online. If you look up Terry Pratchett, there's a bunch of people that'll write GNU Pratchett. And this was basically from one of his books called going postal, where this person created communication towers which are sort of like the internet in, in <clears throat> the disc world and wow the, the guy who made the internet called the clacks um his son ended up dying so he made this code um called gnu um which um what does it mean g means the message must be passed on n means it's not logged and then u means that the message would turn around at the end of the for at the end of the um line so that this this word would keep on going through the internet forever and that's because um a person is not dead until they're stopped they are stopped talking about like they're not talked about anymore like gods yeah so to keep the memory alive they they have this code in that internet um for the sun to stay alive in the memory of people and now you know the fans of terry pratchett have written that wherever they talk about him so Like there's, there's there's an amazing fandom for them. Like the, the the Terry Pratchett fans, the Discworld fans are some of the nicest people um, you'll meet. And yeah, they, they love sharing it because he affects like everyone's lives. Like there's a book that everyone will have that'll just be like, this is the one that means the most to me. Like I appreciate Shakespeare more because of weird sisters. Like, right. Right. It, it's, it's such an amazing take <laughs> on books and it, it, a lot of my humor like what i find funny a lot of the british humor that I, uh, I appreciate is because of him and growing up and listening to him there's a number of also video games by him like there's a Discworld, there's a couple disc world point and click games from the late 90s early 2000s um yeah and it's just it's it's a great world to get into and i think more people should
1: yeah, no, I I was always aware of it, but I never I never got into it. So you're saying Weird Sisters is a good book to, to yep. jump into. What if if one were to try for movies? What's what's a good sort of starter
0: movie? Well, there, there there's only a couple. Um, Weird right. Sisters is a um, animated movie from '97, and I don't know if you remember animation that was in Disney in the late '90s. It was not. No, good. It never happened. It was terrible. So it mm-hmm. looks bad, but it's acted really well, or at least I like the acting. Sure. Um, the the movies, the the color of magic and the the light fantastic were put into two movies. They're fun. Okay. Um I enjoyed them. They're on Prime, so you can watch them right oh, okay. now. Um oh. they also have The Hog Father, which is their version of Santa. <laughs> um <laughs> Santa being pulled by, you know, pigs on the sled. Um and I can't remember if there's any more, but death features in all of them. And all the Hogfather movies, I think there's only two. And The Light Fantastic and The Color of Magic all have Christopher Lee as death. So even the animated weird. movie from '97 has him as death. There are wow.
3: six BBC radio adaptations, and yeah. BBC radio adaptations tend to be really good. Yeah.
0: yeah. But um. so that one, it is really good. I have it on Audible, but they do skip a couple of the books and they skip a lot of the details. Audible just recreated or not recreated. They re-recorded the auto, the books this year and the cast for them is amazing. Hold on, let me find um them because now it's Peter Serafinowicz as Death
3: mm. and um the voice oh, of Darth Maul,
0: the voice of Darth Maul and oh my god, where is it? Uh Discworld. I have them all in my Audible account too. Obviously. Um,
3: I just started creating so I've been using the Libby app mm -hmm. um, because it had the latest Ari Salvatore Dreads novel Um, so I started making lists I did Dune and Discworld is going to be my next set of lists to go through Mm -hmm. uh, because the library has like all of them
0: Um, if you I don't know if you guys oh did anyone watch (laughs) Obi-Wan I'm sure most of us yes. did. Do you know yes. that Imperial officer who um, helps Obi-Wan in like the middle of the yes. series? And uh, the only good character. Indira Varma is the actress. She narrates the whole, all of the oh. books. So uh, she has a beautiful voice. So, Oh, Bill Nye is also in it as various characters. Of the one thing I, I love when I was a kid um, reading the wizard series is that at unseen university, which is the university for wizards, the chancellor's, to get ahead, like to move up in position, they had to kill the person up above them. <laughs> so there'd be like different wizards killing each other so that they could take their shoes and take their hats, which are a little bit pointier, <laughs> a little bit bigger. Wow. It's, it's a great, it's a great series. I love it. That's dark. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. No, I never knew that much about, uh, about Discworld. So that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, any other question? Though? There was uh, I, I,
4: something... Oh, sorry. Who was no, the no, first? No, no, go
6: ahead.
0: Go um,
4: ahead. To... The, you had mentioned about how he did a story about the perspective of the witch uh, on the story of Macbeth.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's Weird Sisters. That's the whole book.
4: Oh, okay, so... yeah. I was... There was a movie back in the 80s. I had to kind of look it up. On that. It was
0: 97.
4: Yeah, it was a different one. It was oh. called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Dead. That, right. That's a different. But yeah, okay. it has the
0: same feel where, you know, there are these two people that are just like, well...
4: They're just minor characters, but, you know, <laughs> you get their whole perspective on the events.
0: It's a great play, or or movie. Um, yeah. it's a, were you in that, Marcus? I feel like you were in No, that.
6: no, no. But, uh, like, I, I've, I've seen a couple of uh, productions of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. And it's it's always awesome
4: to watch. But did Weird Sisters come? Like, was that before uh, that was written? When was
0: that? I'm I'm sure it was, but the it's like it it's it's not actually Macbeth, right? So it takes a lot no. from it. But it um you know it plays on it because it's this world and there's a lot of weird shit that happens on this world. Like death <laughs> talks to the king that got poisoned at the beginning of um of uh weird sisters for a while and he's like i guess oh i guess no one explained this you're gonna be a ghost now and stuff like that it's, like it's so dry and hilarious
1: nice <laughs> yeah it's got that dry british presentation that's yeah, awesome yeah
0: if you if you like what you hear hit that like and subscribe no um um oh. check out check out weird sisters i think it's a good starting off point i think the witches have some of the best stories guards guards is a um, phenomenal book for the city watch um got all I love all the wizard ones so just start at the the color of magic uh, um death all of his books just read them all all of them <laughs> they're great there's only like 4 or 5 go read them I always
6: I always love how like death is represented in in like certain movies and shows and books and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's almost always like some suave, like well-spoken British actor kind of thing. Or it's like, you know, like or there's, Brad there's Pitt. always like, yeah. or William. Well, Sapphire. no, no. Like, like I said, the good adaptations. Hey. Okay. Uh, you're you're going to talk okay. down
2: about Ted's bogus journey. No, no. he's fantastic. <laughs> yes.
6: I freaking love him as death. But um, yeah.
0: yeah, no, I agree.
2: Yeah,
6: I just I just I always love like there's there's always different variations and different adaptations of death that I see in different, you know, genres and stuff like that. But they always all seem to have that same kind of quality. And it's like, yeah, I can see Christopher Lee really rocking that there, that role. That seems awesome. There, there like are that. points
0: in the movie where he where he's talking to like Rincewind is the main wizard in The Color of Magic. And he's like, you know what, maybe you just want to let go and just, you know, just come come with me or <laughs> or, or he'll. Um, be so. Mork Park is a city made out of wood. It's a wooden city because it's medieval. And there's a there's a there's a bartender that's you know trying to light a smoke or something, and you just see death give him a match, and the city goes up in flames. It's it's, <laughs> it's such a funny. It's it's there it really, there really isn't anything like it.
6: Yeah. No more questions. Uh- Not a question, but I also just, as I was like, while you were talking and I was doing some looking up of Terry Pratchett's work and Terry Pratchett himself, I just love this shirt that is found, Tolkien's dead, J.K. Rowling said no, Philip Pullman couldn't make it, hi, I'm Terry Pratchett. (laughs) (laughs) That's so (laughs) (laughs) Really awesome, like, t-shirt apparently he wore. That's just
0: awesome. Um, I don't know if you guys are fans of the, the most recent Tomb Raider reboot, but his daughter, Rihanna Pratchett, um, actually wrote those games. She's a skilled author as well. So oh,
3: okay.
0: it runs in the family, and she's awesome. Yeah. She's the one that takes care of his estate now, make sure that you know it's not used badly. Unlike the, um, they they actually made a TV show in I want to say 20, no 2021, <laughs> 2021 right, last year called The Watch, and it's this um, steampunky version of the City Guard. And it doesn't quite work. Um, it's a little weird. Wow. It has, I haven't heard about that
1: at all. Um, okay.
0: It has that Derek uh, Dondarian guy from Game of Thrones. He plays uh, Bimes, which seems really weird in the in the show. But Matt
3: Barry is the voice of his sword, so which is
0: hilarious because it's a sword that doesn't want to be a magic sword. <laughs> Maybe you want to pull me out of the stone now. <laughs> it's so funny. That wow. part's so funny um yeah (laughs) all right um i'm gonna go over to marcus marcus hi okay uh uh all
6: right hi um i'm just gonna talk about my love and obsession with uh weird things that i want to make and create and build all the time um it's awesome. What one of my one of my favorite like one of my, my like idols in this in the world of prop creation and and again obsession as well is uh, Adam Savage. I l- love him so much, and I love everything he ever brings to the light of day. Mm-hmm. Um, everything he talks about, everything he ever discusses, and uh, like if I could, if I was a little bit more neurotic, I could probably be like him. Uh, I'm a little bit more relaxed, though, so I don't have the same crazy obsessive compulsion to, you know, make everything to the exact specifications and details and <laughs> measurements and that kind of thing. But because do you don't have, love...
0: the, you don't have the tattoo of the ruler on your arm.
6: I don't. I also <laughs> don't have the money or the resources <laughs> at my disposal.
2: I think he he has the manic energy now that you had when you were like sixteen
6: yes yeah that's kind of that's kind of what he
2: didn't he's
6: or he's that benjamin button thing where he's doing the reverse or something i don't know but like it's it's pretty amazing um but i i just love the way he approaches that kind of world so he's always been kind of like a like an idol for me for uh for this kind of world um so going back to a little bit of like kind of my origin story of of when all of this slowly started um i think it actually kind of started when i was a kid and like i i think i opened a uh, my parents bought me a game board and I, I think it was like called barbarian quest or something stupid like that terrible game i absolutely got off of the play but it had these little miniature guys that i just loved and i just thought they were so cool and i loved there was like a bat creature and a barbarian and like all the different characters and stuff and i just loved those game pieces I'm pretty sure I threw the box out. I threw the game board out. I threw the whole thing out, but I kept these little pieces because I just thought they were cool. I was a toy kid. I loved toys. I loved having any cool toy that I could probably get my hands on. And even at a young age, I was more obsessed with having toys that could be linked to movies that I saw or comic books that I've read or any of that kind of thing. Uh, one of my favorites was a, an off-brand blue like uh um, dart gun or something that I had when I was uh, a kid and it looked exactly like the Robocop gun it was the same oh, kind of nice. model same same design and I loved that gun and then one day this is also where I learned about the worst parts of humanity I had a friend over we were playing and then one day that gun just disappeared and I didn't know where it was and then one day I went over to his house and I saw my gun which he had never seen before and never had was in his toy box and I'm like that son of a bitch stole my gun, and like that was also that was also a hard time for me to learn about just people can be dicks. Um, but like I, I've always kind of had that love of of things, of those kind of toys and that kind of stuff. Now I, at this point, I still wasn't anywhere near the ability or you know uh, desire to make anything yet. Um, but a couple years later, when I was in uh, middle school. Uh, I went over to a friend's house, and he actually had the Warhammer games kind of thing set up in his basement. And it was his older brother's. Uh, he had like the whole, he had some terrain set up, really rudimentary, but uh, pretty cool for us, for young kids to see. And we're just like, "Oh my god, what is all this?" And he had some of the coolest figurines. Like some of the like the figures were these huge like tank figures and stuff like that. And uh, like they're all diecast and just heavy, chunky, cool little figurines um so i remember i was there one day when they were all like kind of playing with it and like i didn't want to play i just wanted to see the the figures and i wanted to see everyone that they had and they were painting in the middle of painting some of them and i'm like i want to paint some and i want to make some and i i remember having that that kind of carnal need to want to do it and i just want to create and make that sort of thing but without a skill set without any knowledge with nothing i just didn't know how to approach it or where they came from or i didn't also didn't know how expensive those things were even at that time like just crazy expensive um games were so were they pewter Uh,
0: like that type of yeah
6: they were yeah they were like pewter cast uh figurines and stuff it's ridiculous Uh, oh oh, man there was one that was like he was like this giant like tank man kind of creature thing i don't know what it was it was some sort of mech dreadnought yeah, but like it was just oh. such a cool figuring. And I remember like holding it and thinking, God, this could crush a person's skull. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: I think I know what that is, actually. Anyway, go on. Yeah, yeah, if you so threw that just, at someone, it would put a dent in someone's forehead.
6: For sure. So it was just really cool stuff. And then, you know, two years later, when I start slowly making things, it all kind of came uh, into fruition with uh, working in, in theater. You know, I was doing, I, I, I just kind of started getting into theater as a kid, as an actor, like wanting to perform and wanting to do all this stuff. But I also liked to help backstage and, uh, Brent was around during the days when I used to uh, help, uh, with all of them. Yeah. We, we would help, uh, backstage at theater Aquarius. And, and then of course at the Tivoli theater, uh typically, oh my god, I almost died there a few times. Yeah, mm-hmm. we
2: almost died in there a few yeah, times.
6: Yeah. But that was the slow start of, you know, realizing that okay, we need this thing for a show and then I'd be like, "Oh, uh, let me come up with something. Let me try something." And I would try to make a, you know, something, something small to start. And then eventually I just kind of got into doing it for like Halloween costumes or for small projects and then uh, a friend was doing the film one day and he was just like, "Hey, can you make me some fake Weapons or something, and I made a whole bunch of like knives and swords and shields. Everything was made out of paper mache, uh, but it looked kind of cool and it looked great on film. And then one day, one of my friends was like, Hey, you made all those things? That looks really cool. You should do this for a living. I'm like, I don't know if you can do this for a living. And then that just slowly kind of planted the seed in my brain for you know, this is something you want to do, this is something you like to do. And as I struggled to find footing into a career path or something that i would enjoy doing i tried on a couple different things i always thought i wanted to be a performer i always thought i wanted to you know act and do all that kind of thing and then when i actually started doing it fucking hated it and i hated the fact that it was it becomes a job it doesn't it's not that fun enjoyable thing where you hang out with your friends all the time so i gave that up and i thought well that's it that world is gone from me and then uh shared in college opened my world hugely because i i got into the special effects program and started learning how to make things and then once i learned that i could sculpt something mold it cast it and make whatever i want um that just blew my brain and then suddenly there was no limitations it was the only limitation was time and money um so and i still feel that way i feel like if i had unlimited funds and unlimited time i could make absolutely anything like there's not a thing in this world that i don't think i could somehow find a way to make um but now this leads me to back to that old obsession of like i want those things those things that i've always wanted those things that i've always dreamed of and those things from movies and cartoons and from video games and from comic books all these things that i always wanted now i have the skill and the opportunity to make these things so now we cut to you know i have 3d printers i have uh different machinery and technologies at my hand i have there's laser cutters there's laser engravers there's bnc machines there's all this stuff that can all work in tandem to make incredible things and now i can have whatever i want now it's just a matter of finding the things i want or putting in the time and effort to make those things uh right now i've literally just a, a couple days ago i finished writing up a proposal uh my work Shaw festival which is i fucking love working there Um, they actually have these awards every year where they will pay people for professional development of some sort towards your chosen field or your future field. Um, So I'm really hoping I can get that because I'm applying for one, hoping that I can uh, use that money towards uh, doing a few more courses in 3D design, like computer 3D 3D design and stuff. um, And a couple of new pieces of software. And then eventually a, a a large format resin printer which would be awesome to
5: print really cool stuff
6: um yeah going into like what we were talking before with uh you know the figurines if you know i i i used to walk by games workshop all the time and i had no interest in learning the game i had no interest in playing with these guys every time i walked in i just stared at the miniatures because i'm like i love this but more specifically mm-hmm. is i always loved the terrains that were involved but i always thought i looked at the trains and some of them were there's some that are good and then there are some that are okay and then there's some that are pretty mediocre but i even the good ones i always looked at and said well i can kind of make something better than that i can kind of create something better than that and then i got a chance to start doing some of that when i started working for the uh this uh company hall train studios making dinosaur exhibits and stuff we had to make small terrain versions of, of dinosaur environments and we had to make different like uh you know uh diorama versions of of dinosaur things, whatever, and I, I got to play around with all the technology and all the kind of techniques that are used to make that terrain and I realized, oh, there are so many things you can do there's so much shit. I love watching the videos on YouTube of those guys who uh they'll sculpt like some kind of giant sea creature and they'll make it a box and then they'll like make this terrain fill it with resin so it's all water and it looks like this oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah, yeah. under the water yeah, i fucking yeah. love those because those guys are the ones that are like they're like i the same just like me you know they're like oh those little mini terrains are awesome but what if i made them cooler what if i yeah. made such detail it would blow your brain and that's yeah, what like i mentioned mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so i love that sort of sort of shit um One of the first things I did when I started getting this, my newest uh, resin printer was miniatures. I started printing a bunch of miniatures. There's tons of different files out there for free that you can just download and start printing. So I I have a jar filled with miniatures that haven't been painted, haven't done anything with, but they're there in case I ever get that spur of the moment of I'm going to make a diorama. I'm going to make this little miniature world that I want to bring to life. So I just love doing it i just love being part of it and like i it, it's allowed me to i have some examples here stuff that i've always just wanted to have i can now make i use i loved the never ending story movies <laughs> i've always wanted the goddamn Orin necklace so now oh, i have one. Oh, like, oh, I, oh, i i, I literally so just silly. 3d printed this the like a couple days ago painted it up and now i have my own necklace because I've always... I, I just wanted it.
1: I, I need to um, ask. <laughs> I, yeah. I need to ask. Did, did you ever print an Auto-9 Robocop's gun?
6: Yes, I do. I have one. <laughs> I literally have it in the other room. It's unpainted, It's so I still have to like do a bunch of sanding and seaming to it, and then i got to paint it, but I do have one, and it's beautiful. It even has a nice stand with the uh, OCP like, nice. stamp on it and everything. Oh, nice. um, I haven't printed a stand for it yet, but you guys saw this. I printed this when we did the... Um, Uh, the firefly read through whatever, but I finally finished painting the actual gun and everything. So I brought this when I was out at um, the prop expo and there was a couple people that had their own renditions of this, but it's just nice that I'm like, I want one now I can just make it. Did Um, did you
0: make that out uh, of um, PLA or resin?
6: This is resin. So this is all solid. This is a solid piece of resin, which is nice because when you put it down on a table, it's got like a good heft and stuff. And then again, you know, I I wanted
4: a noisy cricket. <laughs> wow. So, noisy cricket. So <laughs> noisy cricket. yeah.
6: I you know, I just wanted one so I printed it because that's something I can I can do. I can have all those weird things. And now really you like,
2: Adam Savage to get it to operational.
6: Well actually the funny thing <laughs> is, um again, I could take this, I could make a mold, and then I could cast this out of um some simple to melt silvers like pewter or something and make a shell of this and then i could fill it with the organic things and shine it up real nice and it would look almost identical to the thing on the movie prop if i had that adam savage drive to make it that perfect but really mm-hmm. i just wanted to be able to physically hold one in my hand and have the noisy cricket that's pretty much all i needed uh but, I, I
1: need i need to commission you for something when
6: I I love doing this stuff and I love like I I just want to keep pushing myself to make more stuff and do more stuff. But right now, obviously, Eric, you know this is like like you know a small growing family. I, all of that stuff that I want to do is now at least lagged behind. It, it's mm. not completely off the table, but like you know, it's 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 slowed me down. And uh, but I'm still finding time to do some of the projects that I want. I think I showed you guys the picture of the life-size Demi-Gorgon that mm-hmm. I made from Stranger yeah Games.
1: yeah yeah yeah
6: like I just wanted I just wanted one I just wanted to make something like that so I you know I kind of put a challenge to myself and said you got to make this for this prop expo that you're going to you're gonna do it and I I was able to pull it off in nine days and that thing is now finished it's done it's in my shed uh, it'll be out for Halloween and then it'll probably oh just stick God. around in my shed for for most of the year um <laughs> Now, what excites me and what really, like, I look really, really forward to is not just what I'm able to do and what I'm going to learn to do, but what I hope I can teach my kids to do. And I hope they have a little bit of drive and passion for it, too, even if it's just, Daddy, make me my own toy. This is what I want them to look like. You know, I I want that sort of thing. But that actually excites me even more now. Like, I, I I still want the things that I want. But I also am really looking forward to making the things that they might want. Or I want this costume or I want this piece. I'm like, okay, well daddy can make that, daddy can 3D print that. Daddy can have that CNC'd over here. Like oh, cool. I just really looking forward to that sort of thing. And as technology gets better and as it becomes more accessible, it's just insane. Like I literally have just been pricing out over the last couple of weeks. Um, large format resin printers. And when they first showed up on the market, they were like ten grand. I can get one tomorrow for fifteen hundred dollars. Wow. And I could be I could be printing one piece of solid like 3D printed resin that's fifteen by fifteen by nine inches. And I could be doing that right away. Like that's the kind of thing that's just blowing my mind. What's gonna be possible for me to do in another ten years?
2: You know what's gonna be five years.
6: Yeah, fi- like what? Imagine how much accessible? better the Halloween gonna be...
2: displays are going to be at your house compared to the last one we did.
6: That one, I am still immensely proud of that Halloween uh, display that we did. Like uh, our our haunted, our my haunted br- house. My was...
2: almost broken arm and all. I love that day. <laughs> you
6: almost broke your
2: arm. Jeff
6: almost uh, killed himself on the five point harness. Oh Jesus. Um, what else? Uh, um, I almost killed a kid with my chain that I broke from the wall that I, like,
2: whipped Jesus. at him. Andrew nice. almost <laughs> killed a kid when the one who tried to break my arm. It's Halloween.
0: <laughs> it's Halloween. That's that's awesome, man. Like, I love seeing your work. Like, like we say off of Mike, like, just listening to you talk about your passion, it's, it's infectious. Because yeah, like, I love just hearing your passion for this work and everything you make is always... It's every ever since I've known you, um, everything you do is like tip top, to just the fucking yeah. best. Like man.
2: I, I love hearing the story, like and knowing you from way back when, and like our, our younger teen years and that. You and I basically have had like the same trajectory, career wise path we had, like except you, you're doing what I always wish I could have done. Like I don't have the artistic ability in me to do that line of work. So I went the other direction where I go. Okay, I'm better at math and things like that. So let me take that direction of creativity, and I get into yeah. renovation works and doing like woodworkings and that. So I like. But that I mean, our like, our I stories at, seem to line up, and it's like yeah, everything just kind I mean, of like is the same. At the
6: same time, Brent, I look at the stuff that you guys do, like like w- when you guys are doing contract work and stuff like that, and the renovations. Like, I'm like, I can do it. I could do it, mm-hmm. but I don't have like. I don't have, well, one, I don't have the training to properly finish things, you know, a hundred percent on everything. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't have the, the patience or the care (laughs) to do that. Like, measure twice, cut once. I'm like, no, fuck it. I'll just cut it once. And if it doesn't work, I'll put a piece of fiberglass over it and I'll make it look like something else. Like, <laughs> it's like, I, I, I come up with my solutions a different way.
2: But, but that's but the like, thing is like, that's what I mean. Like we, we both kind of went down the same career path in a sense where we're both problem solvers. That's what our job is. Is like, absolutely. we yeah. think of something or somebody comes to us and says, this is what I want. Or we think I want to do this and it's up to us to figure out how the hell do we do it?
6: Yeah, yeah. I also think it's interesting that like, as I've gone through this and as I've met a lot of people that work in my field and a lot of people that are just somewhat like me and somewhat not like me. um, Like, like you guys said, like I, I know that I'm passionate about the stuff that I make and the stuff that I do. And I like, I love that. And I, I push that all the time, but it's interesting to find out that there's a lot of people that work in, in my field, even in my workplace that actually don't have the same drive Mm -hmm. at all and it's just really strange to me because That's like you insane. know I'll sit yeah. like some people like uh, me and this guy Manuel we have the exact same drive we have the exact same skill set and we have the same kind of mentality and we both thrive off each other we're like wouldn't it be cool if we did this what about if we made this or oh, even better we could make one that does this and does this and this comes out like we get so excited and we amp each other up and we just want to keep Bitballing ideas and we keep like trying to say like you should do this and then i'll do this and then you should do this and then i should do this and we get super excited by it and then i try to do that with some other people that i work with and it's just funny how sometimes it falls completely flat some people it <laughs> has no interest
2: just, some people it's just a job some people it's just a 95. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just, and it's, it right it's right just there.
6: interesting to be like, you know, oh, what are you doing tonight? Like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be working on this at home. And they'll be like, why? You're 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 off work. Why would you work on that? I'm like, because I want to. I, yeah, that's yeah, something yeah. I'm excited about. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of interesting to me that that I, you know, I I have to realize that not everybody is like that, especially which is why I, like, I, like so I, right. that's why I identify with the Adam Savage type, the Adam Savage kind of person, like that personality. Like, I just. I love being around those people. I feel like it just bumps me up even more and just gets me excited. And I, I feel like in the world of making and building things, I am a bit competitive too. So I feel like if I see somebody else making something and I'm like, oh, that looks good. Is that better than I can do? No, I think I can do better. And then I want to take <laughs> on the task of can I outdo what they did without the without do, without a malicious better. intent? Like never to be like you know. Oh, I want to like show them up and be like, look what I did. I mine's better. Not that kind of thing, but more as like a personal internal challenge to like you know to kind of set my own my own worth. I feel like I, I see other creations throughout the internet is wild for that, and I just think, well, I think I can do better. I think I can do that or better, and I just want to challenge myself to do that. Um Brent, I think we were talking like we were talking about face off the the TV show like I started my my training with um, special effect makeups and stuff like that, so I learned to sculpt on human forms and stuff, creating aliens and monsters and all those kind of things. And when I saw the the show face Off there I can instantly tell the people who are very good at it and amazing yeah. to watch, and they're the people that you have to watch out for because they're the ones that are going to like knock you out the, out of the water. I'm surprised, surprised to this day I don't like,
2: hear the name Eric Fox more.
6: I loved Eric Fox. Oh, like, my God. My
2: God, the stuff he came well, up with on that show. I cannot believe that his name is not industry standard at this point. The,
6: like, the funny thing is, because he's like, here's here's why. Like, he is still working. He's very good. The yeah. problem is, he's he, he reluctantly was okay with just being a worker. Like, he started yeah. his own stuff for a little bit, but rather than push through the grind of it he just said somebody offered him jobs and he said yeah i'll take that job yeah i'll take which that is, job so he's yeah which is weird which is because fine. you
2: see him on the show and he's the exact opposite he was like that no 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 i'm not going for the status quo i'm, I'm yeah. gonna do everything better than you've ever seen like like all of his stuff was giant like, costume holy
5: yeah.
6: shit <laughs> so didn't he also he had he had that kind of uh that uh the iron maiden inspired like um, evil ed kind of thing like yeah didn't he? Yeah, like that was that was one of his design. Like I loved his stuff; it was super cool. But yeah, like I'm amazed he didn't become something bigger.
5: Yeah,
6: yeah there was like there's a lot of people that came from that show that I was just like, I can definitely do better than what you're putting forward. And then there were some people that I'm like, oh my god, I wish I could learn from what you are doing. Teach me how you did that. Like it's just really cool how there's both
0: of those. Um, um, yeah, is there? If someone was interested in this, is there somewhere they can go, like other than Adam Savage's Tested, which is an amazing resource. <laughs>
6: which is it is a great, great resource for stuff. Actually, where's his? Where's the thing I had here? Um, one thing I wanted to show. Eric's already seen this, but I, I don't think I got to show any of you guys this. So at the prop expo that I went to just re- a little while ago, uh, and I'll I'll go back to to where people can get stuff and everything, or uh, learn. Um, but when I was there, I ended up winning a, a very coveted item in the prop replica community and it is the diary from the Indiana Jones uh oh. Last Crusade. Oh, no
4: so this This, this <laughs> is a signature. replica of
6: Yeah, and so like, it's just like absolutely filled. Oh, and wow. The thing, like absolutely, like let, let's see, like with the uh, with the map I and everything, that. like it's And it's filled also with like all these little prop pieces and like little like beautiful things that are just the detail. This is like a a transfer stub and everything. No ticket. Um, (laughs) ticket. The the, uh, I have there's got a couple of uh, Western Union uh, telegrams and even the uh, the rubbing like the the tablet rubbing and It's cool, killing me, man. Like it's 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 just actual wax paper too. That's crazy. It's it's wax paper and it's like crayon that has been that is made like the the detail to make this replica is insane, and it's why it sells. Like if you were to buy one of these, like in as the condition that it is in, like the 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 make that this is, it's like three hundred dollars, and I could never justify. Yeah, like I can't justify spending that when it's just. Something that I'm like, oh, I could make it, but I'm probably not gonna make it. But luckily, I won it, so I have <laughs> it. But I, like every page, and there's pictures, there's photographs of 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 uh, Sean Connery and like a young, <laughs> like all these kind of things. It just so like cool. I,
0: I wonder where they got all the information for the inside of it. Like that's well, incredible. that's what I want to know
6: because like it's yeah, all like it's so all in here. Far. Like it's all like. here like everything everything you see from the movie is in here plus more like every single page has writing on it and it's all real and i've been able to read through like i've been trying to get through it all and it's just insane is it reproducing
0: or did someone actually write it
6: (laughs) it's well here's the thing like somebody would have had to have made a copy of it at some point Mm -hmm. and now people who are reproducing these um they 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 print them out themselves and then they treat the paper and all that kind of stuff. But like, this was like, this is a hand bound book on the inside with like a leather covering. So people have to still put it all together and they have to actually like print it all out. They have to dye all the paper and the paper is dyed inconsistently and differently. So like, the all the main pages of the book are the same but all the other pieces that are inserted are different dye and different colors and different kinds of paper even the whole book came with the binding and like the the like it came from the mail with the stamps and all of that it was just such a cool experience opening it and starting to learn about it and going through it like absolutely amazing and if you haven't seen it there's a video of adam savage talking about how he made one of these and he got so into it and then he made several of them and he uh, sold them off and he has no idea where they are in the world but they're out there somewhere and yes, he's no i know i know the guy who makes this i know the guy who makes this one um he does an amazing job but yeah. I, I i know the guy who makes it um but it's just so cool like that kind of stuff just it makes my heart so happy to Mm -hmm. have it and to explore with it. Um, So in in the world of, yeah, Eric, to go back to uh, what you were asking before, um, there is a different, there's different ways. Like there's the schooling way. Like you could go to school, like in, for what I do, there's different versions. There's theater production and like, you can do um, prop creation and prop making and uh, set construction and costume design and all that kind of stuff. And that will lead into the world that I'm in right now. And there's lots of programs out there for learning that sort of thing. There's apprenticeships that you can do. So you can either go the full academic route or you could do apprenticeship route and try to get in with companies or reputable theaters that way and that kind of stuff. Um, But then if you want to be in film and television, uh, really anybody can kind of get their foot in there. Uh, All it takes is like finding a way joining a union and then you could be into the major motion films. Like I have a friend who literally just jumped from our union to the film union and has immediately started working on all of the, the, you know, Star Wars franchise uh, shows or Star Trek shows, sorry, Star Trek um, Mm -hmm. shows that are being filmed in Toronto. And he had very little skill at doing anything, but they taught him how to weather costumes and stuff like that. So now he makes a bunch of the costumes for star trek because he just wanted to do it and he went full bore into that that's amazing. um there's okay. also a, a lot I to be said about life. like going like doing your own research and just starting to make stuff the best way you're gonna learn anything is to try something and fuck it up like that's honestly the best way you'll learn that's anything. you do. know <laughs> you, you, you see something but here here's the hard part is in the world of what I do, pro- like prop replication and stuff like that, and all these kind of things. There's a lot of different ways you can do stuff, mask making, and uh, molds and casts and stuff. As long as you fuck it up safely, that's the hard part. Like there's there are horror stories of people losing their hands and and damaging their skin permanently because they tried to cast something on their face and almost killed themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. So that yeah, it's just doing it safely, but do your own research, try something, fuck it up, and then see if you like what you're doing. And if you are, there's lots of different educational routes. Um, I can't say enough good about the Sheridan program that I went to, which was the special effects prosthetic props. And uh, that program was incredible. So,
0: yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Any other Uh questions from anyone?
1: I just want to make guns. I got to join this, this, this class, man.
0: Space guns, <laughs> <laughs> space guns. Space guns. All right. Guns. All right yeah,
1: sometime down the road, I need to commission you to do a, uh, just to get my 40 K cred back in a uh, Godwin pattern. Sisters of battle, Bolt gun, Bolt pistol. Oh. Right? I think,
0: Yep, right. I think that can be done. I need a Galahorn from Destiny. No. Okay. I'm just
2: <laughs> <in>. <laughs> all right. Um, okay. I didn't think I needed one, but now I need that Never Ending Story medallion.
6: Yeah, everyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, We all need I, I have the file. I can print one of these off tomorrow.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> well, I'm coming over tomorrow then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dave. You, my friend.
3: Me, this guy.
0: Imagine if we had shells here. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, I'm looking at the clock, well, and it's already quarter to a twelve. Long-winded, right. because uh, I have to go to bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
3: um something that I don't talk about often, uh, because I don't know who I would talk to about it. I um, to me about it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not even Harcroft. Now that I know
2: this, you can talk to me
0: about <laughs> Not it. Not even this Harcroft guy has
3: become an obsession. No, Har- I don't think Harcroft gives a shit about this kind of thing Harcroft is into 3D printing and, and stuff like that. He he and Marcus have more in common. Um, yeah. yeah. Um so I mean, everybody's seen. Oh, actually, no. I had a whole thing I was going to start with. You guys like Minecraft, don't you? I know. Oh. You like punching trees, don't you? And and making sticks and whatever. What if you could do that in real life? <laughs> punching <laughs> trees. <laughs> <I> can. can. <laughs> what if you wanted to live like uh, you know like our ancestors, like, like you in can't, Valheim? <laughs> when you can, like Yeah, trees. like Val. Okay, so yeah. I I mean I have the book, but this guy is a YouTube channel. I, I, I love I when see. the background doesn't show up. Yeah, so Primitive primitive Technology technology by John Plant. Um, He's Australian. I think he's from South Queensland, uh, which actually I think is in the north of Australia. Um, If he's uh, near Brisbane,
0: he can go visit Bluey. I don't think so.
3: Um, He is like the OG in terms of like the YouTube videos where it's like you see all these stupid like they like build like random things in the whatever the jungle but this guy doesn't do it like for clicks. This guy does it as like a personal project to figure this Dude, stuff I'm gonna out. Do you want me to play
0: the video while you're talking about it?
3: Yeah, that'd be cool. Okay. Um, so his book, I mean, he started out, he has a WordPress, uh, which is like a blog. Uh, he has a bunch of videos <laughs> where he explains, like th- there's no talking in the videos. He just builds whatever he's going to build. Um, but in the description and in his like WordPress videos or uh, um, uh, blogs, he'll talk about like where he did his research, um, why he does what he does and just like, Hey, these are the materials I use because he's in Australia. Obviously his materials are specific to the continent he's on, but like just the kind of stuff, like how did humans figure out how to, you know, how, like how would, how would humans have figured out how to turn clay into pottery or tiles and stuff like that? Um, So he kind of does like, he works like from the start, and works his way forward so his videos actually started out kind of like they're good right but they they weren't like uh, as high quality as they are now in terms of um resolution mostly and clarity um but it's just like him working into all of his videos which is like super cathartic like i don't know if you guys like it like like even with adam savage stuff it's so nice to just like watch someone build something on youtube Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's um, amazing just to watch the process like yeah, yeah and he's pretty good like like he'll show you how to do something like he, again, he doesn't talk. He just does the thing, and then <laughs> if he's got to do it, because he'll like it takes him months to build some of this stuff. Mm. Um, so he doesn't show you every single one. It's like you see it a couple times, and then you know he he works his way forward. Um, I like the ones
2: where sometimes too, where you see him like actually making the tools that he's. Using. Oh yeah, like how, oh. How, how he makes the axes video, and the hammers and shit. Yeah, he's like, like oh, here's fun.
3: a you know the first thing. I mean the book it goes in order. Um, you know it's like the first thing you need is a hammer stone. Um, but something I love about it is that uh, he talks about before you know, before we begin, always respect the local laws, especially regarding trespassing and conservation. He He's not just yeah. like going out into the fucking jungle and digging holes that people are going to fall in. He right. owns this property. No one else is allowed on it. He builds his stuff. He does it with conservation in mind. He's not just strip mining his, you know, uh, uh, his whole area um, because you have to live conservatively if you're, you know, gonna, gonna be building structures and stuff like that in your own backyard. That's um, the criticism
2: a lot of the other ones were getting too though, is because these guys were coming in with bulldozers and big oh, yeah. crews pretending it's two guys. They build this shit and then as soon as it's built, they just walk away they and walk leave. Away. It yeah yeah and they would leave the mess they would leave the debris they would leave the structure they oh. didn't care out. you you can see in this
3: video he starts to, he tears the one down because he's like oh it's kind of old and done he had one burned down i don't i think he showed it like not burning but like the aftermath uh because hmm. that kind of stuff happens um but this makes especially when valheim came out because i've been watching him for years but when valheim came out it really like pushed me to be like man i really want to write like a bronze age D D setting like start Start in this like like anti-diluvian you know kind of start from scratch and work your way forward which is very minecraft i guess um this is fascinating this video Mm -hmm. the the amount you can do by yourself no less if you know the area you're in if you like it's so important to know you know what they call in video games biomes you got to know your environment what you can and can't eat and stuff like that uh because i grew up i used to love watching survivor man Yeah. Uh and Steve Irwin and there's another Australian guy that I talked about off air, uh, who would walk around Australia barefoot and like catch rats and stuff like that. And like I find like, you know, bushcraft and survival super fascinating. Uh this is this isn't about just like survival though, because you don't see him like eat a lot. Um it's about like building up your technology level, right? It's not about like oh I'll just survive the night. It's like no 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 humans right. we figured out like we built cities out of this stuff. You know yeah. Yeah. There's and, a dev- and, it, there's a yeah. yeah. There's there's an always pushing forward. You know like he starts in this video he's building something out of palm fronds, but eventually he's gonna go to t- a tiled roof and then he's gonna do bricks and he's gonna build a house out of That's bricks. That's fucking cool. You know like and the and one, one where he does build...
2: like the inlaid heated floor yeah. underneath the bed and everything that... too. It's like <laughs> yeah. You know,
3: yeah, you could see and I'm you see like he builds better and better beds and stuff like that. He builds better and better kilns. Uh, there's a video where he's just improving uh, his fan, you know, like just a little thing you do like this uh, for your kiln so you can heat your bricks faster. Uh, huh. He fires pottery and all the stuff, but it's all done by he, the only tools he has are his hands and rocks. He doesn't have a hammer. He doesn't, you know, like there's no power tools. There's whatever. Like, uh, I think he builds a hand drill in one. Uh, it's just super <laughs> fascinating, and there's only like twenty or thirty videos on his channel. But huh. again, like he's got you know a blog, he's got a book, um, which I've read like twice now. Um, this is I don't know, just I just it's this so is something
0: I would definitely watch. Yeah.
3: It makes yeah, me like yeah. yearn to go out and build. Like yeah. that's what it is for me. Like this is like what I want to do when I go camping. I don't want to bring a tent. I want to like build a shelter.
0: that would take forever. It, well. You know,
3: with enough people, it doesn't. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I wish I so, knew yeah, people that is, would be like, yeah, let's let's fucking make a shelter.
3: This is something I, I, you know, I'm I'm watching these constantly. Uh... That's awesome. I think That's this amazing. is like, yeah, and you can go it, you know, as deep as you want into this stuff, and you know, figure out what what kind of rocks are best. Yeah,
0: uh, like, yeah, is yeah it's it adding just... support. Is he adding support right now? Yeah, he is. Yeah, that's fucking yeah, awesome. He was
1: testing. Yeah, he was testing yeah. the strength of that. That's roof. so
0: cool. Like, oh man. Wow. So I know what I'm doing tomorrow. It's watching, <laughs> watching a bunch of these. Yeah. Oh yeah.
3: I, I'm what do you mean you're not system. working?
0: I'm learning how to forage. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he won't teach you how to forage. Other people will. But uh, he, yeah, he, he's mostly about like construction, and, that, and stuff like that. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's really cool. I would together. love to that's know how
0: long thing. this. Stuff. I guess it's in the book
3: uh this well probably in his blog post about this one um but you can see yeah like he's gonna build like he's gonna climb up there now you know this is this
2: is nothing eric wait till you see him start making like clay and like like, clay tile roofs and like brick walls and shit it's like oh my god
0: that's cool all right he wants yeah yeah
2: no i never i
1: never knew about this like i i'd heard the scandals about the people faking Mm -hmm. this shit but to see the real stuff, I mean, it's, it, you know, it's sort of like what, what, you know, what, what Mark was, I mean, it, it's just, it's awesome to watch somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Do their thing, you know, like it's, it's really, yeah, yeah. I, I can see this as being
3: relaxing. It's yeah. so
0: relaxing.
3: Oh, it's mm. so good. Like
0: I watch TikTokers that do like live printings and stuff like this. I like that. Yeah. This is this is super relaxing for me. My, when I'm
3: playing Apex and I go crafting and that, my friends are always making fun of me. But crafting is like my favorite mechanic in video games. Mm, like mm. it's why I love Valheim. That's why I like playing Minecraft. Uh, I, you know, I've recently started playing like Ark, which is basically what this is, except that has dinosaurs.
0: I should play <laughs> Ark. I have that <laughs> sold.
2: Wow, look at those huts. That's amazing. Yeah. And this yeah, stuff gets thing, me. Like, there's it's... there's this one YouTuber that I watch a lot called Vancouver Carpenter who's primarily does like taping and mudding jobs for like home construction and that. And like, that's the one job I'm terrible at. I subcontract that out. I got a guy who does that for me, but his video is watching him do it. It's just so therapeutic watching yeah. somebody who's good at what they do and just tear through it so fast.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Uh, any questions for Dave about this? That's
4: I got to, I got cool. to, I got to show my brother this. He'll love it. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Like, seriously.
3: No, I I love the way this is shot, too, right? Like, there's no commentary. It's just, just working away, you know? Yeah. It yeah. reminds me, like, when I was a kid, we had a great big sandbox, and I would always just, like, mm. try to make structures in it all the time. Um, I think this is why I'm, like, fascinated, because I have so much, like, terrain for D&D, and I always want to, like, build stuff out of it. Because, obviously, I can't go into my backyard and build a fucking hut and a <laughs> kiln. <laughs> no, like, yeah. even... I don't know. If, does anybody need an anvil? Like I have an anvil that I'm never going to get to use, <laughs> like a real blacksmith's anvil with a horn and everything. I actually hey, might know someone. Who I know someone like
0: who has that, an, an anvil. <laughs> I, uh,
6: I had, I had, had one. I had, I had. The only has... thing I
3: find it useful for is deadlifting. So, because <laughs> it weighs about 350 pounds, I think. So I get one or two reps in, and then I gotta, you know, rest okay. my back.
0: My friend makes uh, chainmail, so she has a couple anvils.
3: Yeah, watching, what, what is it, like, there's really something about watching somebody start a fire from scratch is just, like, there's something
0: tribal about it, you know, yeah. like, you just, yeah, no, that's it. why it's, I like Survivor, the, the fire challenges.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see a bunch of people who don't know how to make fire, I
4: mean, yeah, that's
3: entertaining. <laughs> yeah, that's why I like watching this guy, this guy knows how to make fire. <laughs> yeah, he just, he just was, made it, he's like, yeah,
4: no big deal. Any of you guys watching? ever watch uh, Kenny versus Benny? Oh, oh yeah, they, they did that episode where they both went out into the woods with nothing and they had to survive. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They gave up on that one, didn't they? Both of them I've, eventually. Well, I I think Kenny tri- or Spenny tried yeah, to kill was, Kenny at one cheating. point. Yeah, he yeah. brought a magnifying oh, glass with him. Yeah, 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 fire, yeah. Like uh, within an but hour they, of getting but out But I remember there. they couldn't stand it eventually. Like
1: I think they both failed that one. Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, that was uh, <laughs> I can't believe they made that and, show. Anyway, any final uh, thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> I'm I definitely sold on this. I, it's a whole new, yeah.
0: uh, new. Oh uh... shit! We finished the whole video. Oh, <laughs> <holy> nice, <laughs> nice. That's awesome.
3: All right. uh, he didn't cool. post for like two years because I think his book was coming out. Mm. But uh, but his book's like full of pictures and stuff like that. Nice. So it's not just words. So you know, if the world ends. Well, I don't have a be, copy of that. Nice. I'm I, be good. I
0: might have to pick that up. That's cool. All right, let's move over to Brent.
1: Awesome, thanks. I'm gonna check that out. Let's go to
0: the, the series that my friends when they introduced me to this series, they were like, It's Buffy without monsters. I was like, Okay,
2: yeah, I it took a long time to convince me to get into this series, like, because I so I'm talking about Veronica Mars today. Um, no it's it's not necessarily like my favorite tv show of all time but it's one of my obsessions and like one of my main obsessions in television growing up was like murder mystery shows Columbo, rockford files mcmillan and wife those were shows i grew up that was my father and i watching them together like my best friend and i used to watch them together so i had a lot of memories and my memories and Of those, plus I love puzzles, I love solving mysteries and doing things like that, so this genre of television has always appealed to me. Veronica Mars was the first show that really felt like it was my generation of that style of show, and it took three years for someone to convince me to watch it, because all I kept thinking was, it's a UPN show about a blonde girl in high school who solves crimes. Let me guess, she's solving who found the cheat sheet in the classroom, and and I was like, I have no interest in watching something juvenile like that. And then somebody explained to me, they said, no, in the first season, she's trying to figure out who bashed in her best friend's brains with an ashtray and also who raped her at a party. And I'm like, oof.
5: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Oh yeah, I didn't well, know that. Yeah, I was not expecting that level for the show. And it goes even beyond that in some of the themes on it. So I thought, oh, I'll give it a shot. She is my kindred spirit. Yes. Um, Veronica Mars is she is sarcastic she is bratty she is snooty, she is just she is so quick-witted um but has a uh, underneath everything she has a heart which is like so makes her lovable and everything so for those who don't know the show is about uh, a teenage girl whose best friend is murdered and she was running with the popular crew at the school Uh, But her father, who was sheriff at the time, accused the girl's father of being the murderer, and when it was found out that that was not the case, he was run out of office, and everyone in her life basically told her, you either side with your father or you side with us, and she chose to side with her father and basically shunned her from society and school, making her a complete outcast. So her father starts his own PI firm. She goes to work for him. She starts learning a lot of tricks of the trade from him and uses her intelligence and the new skills she's learning and basically starts doing, like, solving her own mysteries for students at her school in order to make money for herself. Um, and it's it was the first series that I ever got into that was, like, really serialized. serialized. Um, there weren't a lot of shows of this caliber that were doing that, where every episode was its own... its own self-contained mystery but every season had this one big overarching or multiple overarching ones that carried through the entire series that just kept you coming back wanting to know what the hell happened Hmm. like the the first season being like the who killed her best friend is her working on the side trying to figure this out and like my god at the end of the season when you find out who it is did not see it coming by a country mile they had this beautiful way of subverting all expectations on the show and then hitting you at the end with something you didn't see coming, and you kind of look at it like well, that seems weird, and then within thirty seconds, the show basically shows you how oh, you should have known this the whole time, like it makes perfect sense. It's just absolutely brilliant, brilliant writing um I was reading a little bit about it today and seeing like some of the celebrities who were so many commenting on it, been. like Stephen King called it like some of the best mystery writing he's ever seen Kevin Smith called it like the show of a generation like he was uh, did Ryan. you
0: do you know his involvement with the show like he was such a big like fan of it and he kept like it kept on going on the bubble of getting you know cancelled so he yeah. was one of the people who would be like champing in it to the
2: yeah and they offered him a spot on the show for it. yep yeah
0: and I think so they offered in him a two, he one.
2: plays of all things a clerk yep <laughs> <laughs> He has two appearances as a gas station clerk in season two.
0: Mm-hmm. He's wonderful.
2: But uh but yeah, it had a very tumultuous like run. Like it's the first two seasons I didn't start watching until season three, but the first two seasons were the same kind of premise. It was you know one big mystery throughout the whole thing, with several smaller ones in each individual episode. Um but season three was when UPN switched to CW and CW was like, we don't like the ratings of the show. And they were like, We think the problem is is that it's too hard for new people to come in and follow it because of these long-running mysteries. So they basically axed the serialized format of the show and made it completely episodic. And that alienated any existing fans of the show. So the, what, after season did three, you, did it was you come like,
0: in for season three, or were you? I started oh. in
2: season three. That so, was when I started watching.
0: When, but when I immediately went
2: back and watched the the first two seasons before I watched yeah. another episode. So
0: when when it came out, and like I'm a marshmallow as well, so I'm um, I'm a big fan of Veronica uh, Um The message boards at the time were like, "Why the fuck did they change the theme song yeah. of all things? They wanted to make it more." I guess friendly they wanted to make for people. It more
2: CW. Yeah. Oh man,
0: it, it's one of the worst. Like, yeah. You know how Enterprise was, gets shit on for its theme song? That was the level of shit. Yeah. Like, what the fans felt. It's.
2: <laughs> it was because everything that the CW stood for at the time is why I didn't want to watch the show to begin with, because of how melodramatic and silly and stupid their shows were at the time, and this show was the antithesis to that. But then once it hit Season 3, they did everything in their power to revert it and go, no, 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 it's just like every other show here, and it ruined it. So Season 3 ended, and they decided that they weren't going to come back for a 4 unless they did something dramatic. So they ended up completely retooling the show entirely, took her out of college, threw her into Quantico training for the FBI, and recasted the whole show. And they basically said that from now on, the show is going to be her in the FBI training program. And they shot a 10 minute pilot presentation to see how it would go, which is you can find it on YouTube to watch. It Uh, it was actually pretty well done. (laughs) Um, But they just basically watched it and the network said, no, not interested. Done. And the show was canceled. Ridiculous. And fans went apeshit. and that's how how i
3: zombie was born that is first party down was born really yeah Yeah,
2: first party down then i zombie yeah Yeah. both created by uh all created by rob thomas and creator Mm -hmm. not the
3: guy who performed with santana
2: yeah not matchbox 20 (laughs) (laughs) i literally in my notes i wrote in parenthesis not matchbox 20 (laughs) Um, so then the show lay dormant and fans clamoring and screaming for more and like the fan base for the show just never died. Like the hardcores mm-hmm. just kept fighting and fighting and fighting for something. And then finally in twenty thirteen, Rob Thomas and Kristen Bell came together and said, All right, we wrote a script for a movie. And we're gonna shop it around and we're gonna see what we can do with it. And fans went apeshit. And then they brought it around to studio after studio after studio and nobody wanted it. So the series is done. It's over. Like, we're not going to bother with it. So they went to a, a brand new website that had just uh, formed not too long before. Not a lot of people had heard about it. It was called Kickstarter. <laughs> and they said, well, if the fans yeah, really remember. want a movie, let's let the fans have their movie.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: They put down... Uh, that their budget was two million dollars. They gave themselves, uh, like I think it was, was it thirty days at the time for Kickstarter? I believe. Uh,
0: I think it was a month and a half from what I remember. I think, I think it was, it was no, I think it was only
2: thirty days. Was it was only
0: thirty for that one. I I can't yeah. remember what I donated. So they
2: they put the thirty day <laughs> deadline nice. to hit two million dollars to hit the budget for the movie, and the fans went ape shit. They hit the two million dollar budget in eleven hours yeah. after launch. Wow. Um, They hit, by the end of the three months, the budget ended up being, they earned $5.7 million. Which allowed them to basically make the movie on a way bigger scale than they wanted to. They were able to bring in cameos. They had, like, James Franco do a cameo in it. uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. A whole bunch of people. Um, But it broke Kickstarter records. Like, it was the very first major motion picture to be financed by crowdfunding. And it was up until, like, I think probably for about two years after it, it was the most successful Kickstarter funding program that had happened. So 2014, the movie comes out. Fans are raving. Critics raving. Looks like the series is coming back again. They're talking about bringing it back for the TV show again. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um. So Thomas decides, well, if he can't make the series, he's going to make the novels. So he ends up making a couple novels in the series that are canonized. They are part of the canon. I do have both of them. I read them. One of them is good. One of them is not so good. Mm -hmm. Um, And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, nobody knew this was coming. 2019. Boom. Fourth season of the show drops.
5: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: I think there was like maybe about a month's notice that this was even happening when all of a sudden he just drops a fourth season on Hulu, uh, which continued the story from like it was basically the movie and then the two novels and then going right into the TV series. So Mm -hmm. like you didn't have to read the books to know what was going on, but it just kind of filled in a lot of the pieces in between the two.
0: It definitely Um, helped
2: yeah it definitely definitely because there was a lot of information like there was there was a specific like trial for a character going on at the time and the novels really went into depth about what was happening in that trial but yeah and so it's four season comes out it was absolutely amazing Patton oswald joins the cast which was oh my god so fucking wonderful um but there's not been a peep about anything since then. So it looks like uh, I would imagine at this point, even though Kristen Bell still kind of looks like she's, you know, like 16, 17 years old. <laughs> I highly doubt <laughs> somebody. I was watching a video today of somebody who did a comparison between the fourth season and the first season. And she does not look so like she's aged a day between them.
0: Her haircut changed was
2: 20 years <laughs> apart.
0: Almost. That's
2: impressive. Um, I think
0: Kristen Bell, not too long ago said that she's still open from where Veronica Mars. It's just, when the network wants them to film it.
2: And I think at this point, I think it's just a matter of it's her and Rob Thomas coming together and deciding to happen again. And I didn't even think they really need the rest of the cast. Cause they, they kind of phased out a lot of the original cast in the fourth season, which was like, I kind of liked because it left them open to bring the show in new directions if they wanted yeah, to, but yeah. kind of like what they were going to try to do.
0: I like really they... like Wallace. They, they did him dirty yeah
2: they they but they there wasn't really much to do with him in the yeah. fourth season though like because yeah. Wallace was always just gonna i that was one of those things where I was like, I want them to make Wallace a killer one of these
0: seasons <laughs> um as long as they bring fantastic. back Enrico call Tony call Tony yeah, Colin, Tony as her dad I'm down with that is
2: yeah that's that's why I chose the clip that I did was like that is without a doubt my favorite element of the show is the relationship between her and her father. The banter between the two of them, like the way that they treat each other, not as father and daughter all the time, but like as colleagues, as equals. Um, but when shit hits the fan, like he is not afraid to basically be like, No, I am your fucking father, like you listen to me. Like <laughs> And she has that play? they have that same respect for each other. So
0: I can play right now if you want. Yeah, go for it. It's muted. your daddy.
3: Ugh, I hate it when you say that. You
6: know what, this is important. You remember this.
3: I
2: used to be cool. When? 77.
6: <laughs> Transam, Zam, Blue Oyster Cult in the A-Track, a foxy stacked blonde riding shotgun racing for pink slips. Now, wait a minute, I'm thinking of a Springsteen song, Scratch Everything. I was never cool.
2: I don't know which bothers me more, foxy or stacked.
6: I nailed a bale jumper 100 yards.
0: Mehiko. Twenty five hundred bucks. No sack dinners tonight. Tonight, we eat like the lower middle class to which we aspire. Fire up the, <laughs> <laughs> the Lord. Also the soundtrack for the show is amazing.
2: Oh yeah, goddamn, the theme song is just so friggin' iconic.
0: So Jake's doing now. the cowbell. <laughs> oh man. That's a good show. Oh, any... No, I've
2: been like I was. Re- I've been rewatching the first season just to try and like kind of get myself back up to speed a little bit on the show before we did this today. And I did season one in I think less than twenty four hours.
0: It's a. I started it Saturday night
2: and I finished it just before we started this.
0: I don't even know where you could stream that anymore. Is there? Uh, any it's event? on
2: Prime. Oh shit. Okay. Uh, well, I had like I have the first three seasons on DVD plus the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have the fourth season on DVD yet, but uh, Prime has the first three seasons and the movie on.
0: huh hmm. oh, fair, fair. All right. Any questions? Veronica Mars is awesome. Go watch it. The fans are called yes. Marshmallows for some reason. I can't remember.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned you were a marshmallow. I
2: figured that was. I don't, I don't
0: remember. Do you remember why?
2: I just always assumed because her name was Mars.
0: That yeah. makes sense. There you go. <laughs> Marshmallows. I'm pretty okay. sure there was also a marshmallow campaign where No, there was.
2: I think it's something about her being like gooey on the inside or something like that. <laughs> oh my god.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. I thought the movie was all right. It was it was it was not bad. Um the 4th season was ama- was really good.
2: Though. Yeah. 4th season was amazing. 3rd season really was lackluster because of all of the the influence like the changes to it and everything. Uh it there was were some also cool like the one season where though.
0: What's that? They introduced some nice people, good characters in the third season. Though. Yeah.
2: The, the only problem that I really have with it is like, I think it was season three, A, the the serialized stories that they did tell in that season, it was way too obvious who that's fair. the people behind it were. Um, I figured it out way too quickly. And the Logan storyline with her, I just like, uh, oh, that's when it started. Yeah. I hate that character when the two of them are together. That's when they fair. are apart, he's incredible. That's fair. Jason Doering is Logan Eccles is fucking insanely good on that show when he's allowed to be an asshole.
0: Fair, fair. <laughs> uh,
2: but whenever he's in a relationship, he's just too lovey-dovey <laughs> cuddly. Eh, yeah. He's just neutered.
4: Fair, fair.
0: Alright, we have one more.
4: Hawk! Yeah. The most right. one! Oh, this right. is like so much to inform in like, like a, a short time, damaging but damaging... yeah. <laughs> emotional. Damn Damn the last ones, so You can go as long we're as you wrong. want. <laughs> okay. No. No, no. So <laughs> my my pick was Twin Peaks. Oh, ran shit. from April 8th, 1990 to June 10th of 1991 for a total of 30 episodes. Um, it was a collaboration between Mark Frost and David Lynch. Uh, and they were apparently paired together by Warner Brothers uh, because they wanted them to develop this movie about uh, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. The movie fell through, but the two of them were encouraged by Lynch's agent, uh, T- Tony Krantz, to do a television series. Uh, Lynch was totally skeptical. He didn't want to do television. He didn't really like it that much uh, until Krantz encouraged him to explore the same idea of small-town America that he had in the movie Blue Velvet, which he oh, had Oh, God. Just... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he had just come off the success of that, and so it kind of rolled in naturally together. They wrote a pilot episode together. Went through a few name changes. It originally went from North Dakota to Northwest Passage before they settled on Twin Peaks. And Lynch described the idea as a Dickensian story about multiple lives in, that are contain, in a contained area that ju, that could sort of go on perpetually. You know, which was his original idea for this show. He didn't really want to like solve any sort of mystery at the end of it he wanted to introduce the mystery and that really solve it and roll it for like maybe five six oh, seasons
0: mean, like lost
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> kind of but you know way better like yeah but story more tough. but more
1: like an infinite loop right like i mean you would have gone for something that was just kind of fuzzy right i'm I mean,
4: I sure know. he was he was really interested that's why he had it was such a large ensemble cast, you know and it's like you kind of get dropped into various points in their lives that, okay yeah, you know, I've never uh, watched
1: it, so I mean, this is all new to me. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I've never a, seen it. I'm
4: a huge Lynch fan, and I just yeah.
1: yeah so anyway, keep going.
4: So, anyways, uh, rather, so like, even though it was, it was most definitely a soap opera. You could tell, you know, that that was the format. Rather than making fun of the whole soap opera format, Lynch went full bore into it, and in that he employed all the tropes involved in that in a very professional way, but. Filmed it through the lens of his perspective, and that. So when you're watching Twin Peaks, you're really kind of getting a a, a, a shot of of who David Lynch is as a person, and that. Right. He, he's ordinary, like you know, almost boring. And even though it's like he, he does a lot of sensational stuff on screen, that, and that, it's very weird and it's hard to understand. Typically, he's just a kind of average guy, you know. Um, and he uses that in in the series, and that uh, through the actors he casts, you know. Particularly, Kyle McLaughlin, who he works with a lot, and that he cast him as Agent Cooper, in that um, to compartmentalize aspects of his personality, you know, that kind of forthrightness and, you know, maybe that little bit naive, you know, a, a belief in that old American value and that. But David Lynch would tell you the same thing. He's a, He was a Boy Scout. He probably yeah, will tell you that. Um, also, it you know, other people, uh, there were lots of others. I, w- I wouldn't, I w- I, we have a clip uh, up here on that. Um, uh, one of the characters is this one, Albert Rovenenthal. He's the, patho- the pathology, forensic pathology ask- expert from FBI who Cooper brings in to, you know, help so, him do the work. Do uh, this clip basically sums up, like, Lynch and the show's worldview.
0: All right, let's play albert's uh, path
4: jose Freire. oh i love this guy
0: Ready? let's do it
2: sure oh by the way you were shot with a walther ppk it's james bond's gun did you know that you're looking better today coop thank you albert feeling better the trail of the man who shot you was ice cold but i hoovered some fibers from the corridor outside your room might take it out of trolleyville i'll be at the lab gentlemen
1: Anything we should be working on?
2: Yeah. You might practice walking without dragging your
1: knuckles on the floor. Albert, let's talk about knuckles. The last time I knocked you down, I felt bad about it. The next time is going to be a real pleasure.
2: You listen to me. While I will admit to a certain cynicism, the fact is that I'm a naysayer and hatchet man in the fight against violence, I pride myself in taking a punch, and I'll gladly take another, because I choose to live my life in the company of Gandhi and King. My concerns are global. I reject absolutely revenge, aggression, and retaliation. The foundation of such a method is love. I love you, Sheriff Truman.
0: (coughs) Albert's path is a strange and difficult I never, <laughs> I never looked at it through the eyes of a soap opera, and it makes so much sense.
4: Right. <laughs> the whole is the way it is. It's all formatted after the soap opera. I want to try and do a little, like a little brief explanation of the plot from the from the first episode. So um, here goes. Don't
0: don't spoil too much because I do want to watch it. I I did end up getting it.
4: I'm not gonna. This doesn't spoil anything. This oh. is basically all from the first episode. Mm-hmm. One morning, a fisherman finds the body of a woman washed up on the on the, the beach shore, wrapped in plastic. Sh- Local sheriff Harry S. Truman and deputies, as well as the county doctor, show up to investigate, and they instantly recognize that the woman is Laura Palmer, the high school prom queen. The grief of the crime affects the entire town in different ways. And that was something that was really great about the pilot And that. It's like from the time that they find the body... To the information getting back to town, to the parents and to her friends at high school, and that you know, you can see like the grief is a wave. It explores it like over half an hour, and you can see like you know how important this you know this this girl was to the community and to everybody, and that and that it just the entire town just becomes engulfed in the tra- in the tragedy of it. So, Agent Dale Cooper is sent to investigate the crime, which bears a resemblance of a connection to a murder committed a year previously to one, a woman called Teresa Banks. Under Laura's ring fingernail is a small letter B clipped from a, a magazine page and that. A killer inserted it underneath her fingernail. The crime was committed in a train car where a small mound of dirt was piled up with a half-broken heart necklace belonging to Laura sitting on top of it, along with a note scrawled in the perpetrator's blood reading, Fire, walk with me. As well, evidence of a second person being at the scene was found, and another young woman, Ronette Pulaski, is reported missing. The investigation starts yielding startling facts about the double life that Laura had been leading. Her autopsy results show cocaine in her system, which was a habitual habit for her, and that she had had sex with at least three different men the night that she was killed. And Cooper employs both standard police work as as well as spiritual methods in trying to find the identity of the killer. He is also aided by visions and dreams. One of which takes place in a strange room draped in red curtains, with a woman who looks like Laura Palmer and a dwarf in a red suit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
4: so I won't. I won't go into any further explanation.
0: Luckily, it's, I've seen it the first number of episodes, so yeah.
4: yeah so you kind wow. of get it. It's meant to. It, it's an entire. It really employs the idea of the red herring. Because like you are giving so much confusing you know, information that seems ridiculous and that you can't make sense of it, <laughs> and yet by the end of the mystery when the the killer is finally revealed and that everything makes sense, it's so
0: surreal it, that show. It's yeah. just so like
4: well, that feel like
0: I'm on drugs when I watch that show.
4: The particularly are those scenes, uh, you know, in the red, you know, in the red c- curtained room, and that. And David Lynch actually what. He employed this technique where he would, some of the actors would record their dialogue backwards, phonetically backwards, and that, and he would play it forwards, and that. Also, mm. some of them actually had to act out their scenes like in reverse. Oh my god! So that he could play it forward, and that, and create that weird, trippy, dreamlike uh, effect.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, like, David Lynch is is one of those uh, artists that I, I really respect because there's a lot of people who like uh, try to do like you know, oh, this is like a, a drug or trippy or dream-like thing. But Lynch's dream logic actually connects, right? Like, there's a lot of people who just do nonsense, right? And just mm-hmm. go, oh, yeah, it was just being weird. But his <laughs> stuff does does have, like, there's a core sense to it, even yeah. though it's dream sense, right? And, I mean, like, that's the thing that I really appreciate about him is, is it, it's it's not nonsense. Like, there is something, mm-hmm. if, you know
4: there's a threat he, right so, he will understand it in that it, you know what he chooses to present to an audience and that is another thing you know yeah um sure. and he's not cheap about it right you know cheap visual effects and that to create this or that yeah, you, you yeah. know he he'd rather focus on creating you know using like the typical or the banal and making it somehow uncanny in a way right right yeah yeah he he
1: he, he created very cerebral like he really captured the dream quality but something that uh like I said is scripted is is purposeful you know? yeah
4: so exactly um where was i going with this um and one of the things i got i should point out about him in that he's not despite the fact that he's he's hugely successful as an art house director and that he's not a snob about it either In that because he wears his influences really readily on his sleeve um you got the impression that the look of Twin Peaks was definitely influenced by the shining, and that in particular, mm-hmm. like all those mm-hmm. scenes captured at the Great Northern and that the lodge and that yeah. near the waterfall in the woods. You know, and it, it makes sense because both are about kind of modernity and crouching onto something that's kind of ancient and un- <laughs> almost not understandable by our logic. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, there's even a uh, there's even a reference, I think, in the third episode in that Zen or the art, the skill to catch a killer in that where one of the Horn brothers remarks all work and no play. Oh, nice. yeah. Um, it goes on in that, like, you know, uh, there's a reference to easy rider and biker culture and that. But it's not like biker culture, like Hell's Angels and that. It has more to do with Brando and the Wild One and like old Hollywood, you know, which is kind of something like Lynch is obsessed with Hollywood in general and that and his kind of view on it and like i said he's not um he's not pretentious in any sort of way yeah there was this interview with trent Reznor like years ago in rolling stone and that i think it was around 97 98 and he was producing uh the the soundtrack for lost highway david lynch's film Mm -hmm. and he told the story about he was driving in a car in the hollywood hills with uh with lynch one night and as Resner said, he looked up and saw like a billboard for the latest Spielberg blockbuster piece of shit, and I think he was probably talking about the Lost Kingdom.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> Anyways, Lynch turned to him and said, "You know, I really admire Steven Spielberg and that because I think he believes in everything that he does, and and his vision actually jives with the consciousness of America. That what? that's
0: <laughs> that's very astute of him." That's and, a very right?
4: good invitation, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah very good. Yeah. That's, I just, you know, that's I fascinating. Yeah. Um, where do I go from here? Uh, they're, they're,
0: it, it's I, not just the movies, right? Or not just the series. Yeah, There's also some movies afterwards, right? Yeah, I did well,
1: have a question about that, but I'll let you
4: The Okay. So, the those. like I said, the series premiered, like, big, you know, and, and like, ABC almost did everything they could to make it fail. I don't know why, but they put it on Thursday night at nine o'clock, you know, competing against Cheers on NBC. Jesus, Yeah. It got such a great critical reception. Uh, also, it got like a huge share of it because of the marketing and that, you know, it's like the, they really created the best tagline in that they kind of, I think they based it off of that who shot J.R. and that, but yeah. like yeah, who yeah. killed Laura Palmer became like yep. a meme. Like yeah, I, I remember
1: that. Yeah, I remember that on the on the TV guide, yeah, covers and
3: stuff.
4: Yeah, but so. in inevitably in that, it, like with the networks and that, it was week by week and you know episode by episode and that, and they were ga- gauging the ratings and that. And let's get like I said before, Lynch would have never solved the mystery, like you know, in any kind of timely fashion and that the network wanted it solved by the end of season one. He said no. Um, but then they threw the ratings in his face, and that one season two was was uh, you know starting to tank a bit, and the viewership was slipping. And that, and he actually ended up did he 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 consented and that, and the mystery of Laura Palmer's killer was solved by episode seven of the second season. Okay, you know, um, what's left about? I think it, by the time like they the they from the reveal of the killer to the his incarceration. Um, you were only up to about nine episodes in a twenty two episode season and that which mm-hmm. left a lot of oh, a lot of room left
1: that's early he, yeah
4: yeah he had had he had dropped in a lot of other kind of ideas that he wanted to explore into it and that, but like the fact that they kind of forced him into solving the mystery, it took a lot of the steam out of the show and that and viewership continued to fall network continued to try make ch- changes to it and that they added uh heather Graham to the cast and that uh, hmm. uh about almost like three-quarters of the way through uh, season two. Um, plus, there was apparently a lot of uh, fighting among the crew on the set and the actors. Um, Laura Flynn Boyle, played uh, Donna Hayward, was dating Kyle McLaughlin at the time, and she got jealous of uh, Gerilyn Fenn and the, the amount of attention Audrey's character and that was getting on the show. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it basically all culminated into its cancellation. But lynch he went out in high style in that uh beyond life and death the final episode of season two and that was hardcore david lynch it takes place entirely within the black lodge the room with the red carpets and that and it is it's it was one it was the best finale i had ever seen i was watching this when i was a teenager and like i couldn't believe how it ended off and like what a fuck you At the end of it. Like, you know, you just it left you wanting to more, like with the with where it left you at. So, any questions?
1: Okay, well here's my question. I know there's a movie and then I know there was another series like recently.
4: Yeah. In your opinion, (laughs) are they worth including and where do they fit? Absolutely. Okay, so the movie came very quickly in that. So like once in, once the series was canceled, that, Lynch got the backing of that to go into, you know, for a movie because this was still a cultural phenomenon. Like it was right. so big and globally too in that, um, Europe and Japan. Japanese tourists used yeah. to arrange their vacations around you know, going to visit the site where Laura Palmer's body totally was. I know, <laughs> yep. They would, even, they would even lie in the same position and get like pictures and take them. Oh my yeah. God. So uh, the the movie Fire Walk With Me explores the two week, it, it, not only the the week leading up to Laura's death and that, but also leading uh, the investigation into Teresa Banks's, uh killing. Uh, okay. And this was Lynch, like with basically his, his hand completely on the steering wheel. Okay. Um, okay. All right. I, the, the movie, I absolutely loved the movie. I loved it when I saw it. I loved, you know, it apparently It got mixed reviews in that, but I think it really leaned in hard and, like, to you know, incorporate the supernatural elements that were only kind of hinted at in the show, and you know, more of Lynch's kind of directorial style. You know, Um, okay, it's absolutely an essential piece of the of the lore. The series that came in 2017, uh, Mark Frost and David Lynch, they were in full control of the writing and directing of the show. In that, David Lynch okay. directed all 18 episodes, and we're talking Yikes. about like nice. one-hour episodes, you know. So that's like 18 hours of filming he did. That nine movies. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's it is more. It was it's really him in control of it. Not it you know um from where it left off with agent cooper it takes place 25 years after yeah, the original yeah, twin peaks mm-hmm. the fi- the laura palmer's final line in the the the, fina- the final episode of season two was i will see you in 25 years so oh
0: that's fucking cool
4: yeah
1: oh okay
5: well,
4: you sold <laughs> me, man. yeah it's it's great if you are a hardcore lynch fan and that you it's you know, you're gonna love it. Episode eight of the series, I think I believe it was episode eight. There is about thirty to thirty-five minutes of the episode where there is no dialogue and yet it's exploring like the whole like the, the lore That's behind cool. of the supernatural elements. Uh,
3: oh
1: man. And I got so much shit to watch now because of all the stuff <laughs> you guys have been watching. I gotta watch Building Hots. And the funny thing is like Veronica Mars's development is Totally the antithesis of kind of what happened with the Lynch series, but they kind of both ended up with a movie and an extra season. So <laughs> yeah, I'm really
5: like, curious.
1: Sort of it's really interesting, you know? Like um, I, I'm very curious to sort of see the, 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 the
2: development of these like,
4: well, two it's, it's just
1: the
2: perfect pairing of like what happens yeah. when networks interfere with yeah. everything versus what fans want. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like there's interference yeah, it, in both,
1: but it's it's more yeah. severe than Bronica Mars side. Hmm. Um so it's
4: interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah fans. Exactly yeah. Fans kept, have, kept tw- twin piece alive. Even now. And now. there's still like tons of like groups that debate and that, like the, all, uh, all the lore presented and everything like, you know, down to us, like a subtextual level, you know, about sure. what he's trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, easy to-
0: i can imagine yeah yeah
4: but the unfortunate thing is is that like you know twin peaks begins and ends with you know both mark david lynch and mark frost and that you know it's like they are the lore keepers for this one sure. and that. not sure yeah. nice. um like i don't even really know about much in the way of fan fiction behind it and that there's been several books released around it and that including like the you know the secret diary of Laura palmer um i know that there is um uh cut a firewalk with me and that with a, a lot of additional scenes and that that were cut for time mm. in the original. Oh. So. Okay. Um yeah, you know, if you if you know, if you're a Lynchian fan if, or if you're a fan of a of a mystery that takes a lot of work to get to, um you know, Twin Peaks is for you.
0: And if you want to watch it, it's streaming on Crave in Canada. Yeah. So, oh cool. Well, that's that's awesome. Anyone else have any questions about Twin Peaks? I feel like the less awesome. questions we have about that series, the better, because you just want to experience yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Well, oh, I'm just I'm just glad to hear that that it wasn't as mucked around as I kind of assumed it was. Well. So
0: well now, Steve, you right. have two series to watch a YouTube yeah. series and a book. You need to buy some 3D printers, and you have some a book, a forty one book series okay. for me.
1: Yeah, top of the fifty six, I still gotta finish. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. awesome. Read mine, almost- they'll make you laugh. True. That's, I'll mm-hmm. probably enjoy it. Exactly. Sorry. All right. Well, thank you guys for t- talking for like three hours <laughs> about things we like. It was very like I I loved hearing the things that really interest you. It's really
2: good luck in your exam in twenty minutes, Dave.
0: Yeah, yeah. Good luck, <laughs> Dave. You'll be fine. um taxes are fun coming. Up I was soon? supposed to
3: start studying two hours ago.
0: That's nah, fine. <laughs> um We'll be talking about God of War soon, and I'm sure we'll be talking about some other stuff um in the next couple weeks so thank you guys for coming on and thank all of you out there for listening we will see you guys soon goodbye bye-bye, bye-bye. bye-bye. Episode. bye-bye. See you. you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca and don't forget to like us on facebook at facebook.com slash geekswithkids follow us on twitter at geekswithkidscn Check out our pics on Instagram at GeeksWithKids, and you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.geekswithkids.ca. So if you like it here, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment? This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.